Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 77. We are back in the basement for another lockdown edition. Hey! Oh yeah. Thanks, COVID. Woo. I am your host. With me across the tiny table is my co-host and teenage son, Jack. Say hello, Jack. Hi. <laughs> so, back to lockdown living. Yeah. Online school. Yep. Can't go to a restaurant. Nope. Can't go. I don't know where else would you go that's closed. Movie Pink. theater. Movie, well, I, I think true. can we? I don't know. Or is no, it still I, don't, I think they're shut yeah. down altogether. I, I was going to say the gym, but that's not an option. I'll go for see you. Spider-Man again. You cannot. So yeah, we are back to adjusting to sort of. I don't even know if lockdown's the right term. Technically, they've used that term before, but to say the least, we are under significant restrictions right right now due to good old Omicron spreading like crazy in southern Ontario. So oh yeah. We're back to being more hermits than we, I mean, we would be hermits on our own anyways, but (laughs) even more. That is true. Even more hermity. You and I are not big, go out and interact with the public people. We are quite fine to sit in our house and do stuff like this to amuse ourselves, right? right? More time to watch wrestling. You're back to crushing movies as you complete online school, as long as online school goes well. So what did you watch and how bad was it go? Um, I watched Fantastic Four and... It sucked. It was pretty boring. Like, I guess some parts were okay, but it was pretty lame. Doctor Doom and that sucks, but he was lame. I thought he would be, like, actually metal, but he just wears, like, a mask, and he's kind of got metal abilities, and he's got, like, light- he controls lightning and stuff, and he sucks. And then I watched Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, a.k.a. Fantastic Four 2, which should have been Fantastic Eight, because right. four times two is eight. That math tracks, yes. Right, and that one was worse. Um, Silver Surfer so was what, lame as hell. What year are these from? I remember them existing. Before I know your... Fantastic Four two was two thousand seven. Right. I don't know. So the year of your birth. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say the other one. I, I'm thinking two thousand four or something. But so I have no you are idea. not a fan of this little <clears> run of no. movies. No, it's really weird because Chris Evans plays um Human Torch and that he's right. Captain America. Right. And it's really weird because I think the Captain America role really suits him, whereas like in this one not so much. No, because he's like playing like kind of like the young, hot, kind of cocky right. guy, and that just doesn't really fit him. It's it's really weird. Also, Jessica Alba's in it, and she was in that the crappy Spy Kids reboot. I am a fan of Jessica Alba. Yeah, um, she was lame. The Mister Fantastic guy sucked too. Nice. Um, it was all pretty lame. And then in the second one, the villain just turns out to be Doctor Doom again. Like, lame. That's uh, too bad. But then, so what's next in your? I accidentally watched half of the first X Men because I thought. <laughs> How do you accidentally watch? Because I thought a movie? I thought it was the first in the timeline, but I actually have to watch X Men First Class first, which would explain a lot because I wasn't. I was a little confused. So um, I did watch some of X Men First Class, which I probably should have finished yesterday, but I didn't. Nice. And you. I usually do better. Oh, I also watched all three of the original Spider Man movies again. Nice. Because those are very good. And your wallet showed up that you thought you lost. That yep. was nice. Oh yeah, that was funny. The bunch of money and gift cards. Yeah, I'm not forgetful. I'm just stupid. <laughs> we thought he had lost his mother's expensive goggles he borrowed while which snowboarding, I did. which he did, and also his wallet, which it turns out he did not. But Fun he fact, wasn't. I almost lost my glove yesterday when I was um, I think I was pausing my headphones just to take them off or whatever, and I took my glove off. And I swear I was holding them, my, my, and then my friend who was behind me on the lift, he's like, you also got back. I was like, no, I didn't have it. And then I just see it lying on the side of the lift. Man, pay attention to your stuff. I did get it back. So. so basically your wallet was in your snowboard pants, and you were just checking the pants that weren't your pants for it. Correct? Something like that? That is correct. <laughs> you, were, you were putting on your brother, 
who is three years younger than you his snowboard pants. I don't. And noticing, I wow, these are really small, but somehow did it make the connection that they weren't your pants? That's. I don't know way. why, because he has two pairs, so I assumed one of them was mine, and I forgot where I put mine. Well, so. you were wrong. But anyways, it was kind of funny. So you got out snowboarding again yesterday. It was minus 22 it degrees. It was way too cold. Celsius. I, 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 it was bad. And it's interesting because you can go into the chalet, right? But you can't eat in there. So you're not allowed to Still do got any. Still hot chocolate. The, no indoor the, dining. Um, Like, I don't know what a ski resort or whatever. Um, Chalet hot chocolate. It's good. good. Nice. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's something you can still actually go out and do and get active. So I'm pretty happy with it. Anyways, it's about that time, right? We should probably transition. Also, online school is not as good as I thought. No, high school, it, different than it's elementary. It's fun. Yeah, I already hate it. <laughs> That's great. Well, hopefully you only have one more week of it, right? And then we can... That is the initial plan that we have right. one more week of online stuff and then you go back to the... Yeah, I, we'll I don't like school, but it's obviously there's... Like, it's better Yeah, in the social part is there, life. right? You yes. can actually see people you want to see at school. So hopefully we get through this and get back to school um, one more week online and then it should be back to normal for you, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I say we start talking about some wrestling. You ready? Yep. All right, so we'll start out looking at what we always look at first and that is some of the week's news and rumors. Ratings time. Uh, Tuesday's New Year's Evil, which you actually watched some of. I did. Uh, edition of NXT 2.0 drew 685,000 viewers, which is up 3.47%, earned a 0.16 in the key 18 to 49 demographic, which is the exact same as last week. Uh, so this was their best audience since Halloween Havoc episode back on October. AKA their last special show. <laughs> right. So there's in a trend October. there. October 26th. You're right. And the key demo rating tied for um, last week's show for the best since Halloween Havoc. And they did have a little bit of competition from college football. So what I thought was a much better episode, um, the ratings were up a little bit at least for them, which is good, I guess. Uh, Wednesday's live AEW Dynamite stayed over a million viewers, which is nice. 1.01 million viewers, which is up 3.59%. So a very similar increase to NXT, actually. But the demo rating, a lot different. <laughs> so NXT's demo rating was 0.16, and AEW Dynamite's was 0.43, which is up a pretty significant 16.21%. So this was the TBS premiere of the show, right? It kind of switched networks, although it's within the same family and under the same umbrella, but a different network. So it ranked number two on the cable top 150 this week, and it drew the best demo rating since... Uh, late September episode so pretty good numbers for Dynamite especially in that key demographic which again I am told they care more about than overall viewership is that 18 to 49 demo so they got a nice rating there and a significant increase from the week before so I would say a pretty good week for both companies honestly which at the end of the day is good more people watching wrestling is, is good for all of us probably because it might motivate them to try and do things well uh, what do you have for us? I don't think WWE ever feels that motivation. Well, they don't seem to, no. At least not anymore. No, it's they not... got their money up front, man. They got all their big TV contracts. It's Why do they 90... need to try? It's not 98 anymore. They've sort of established where their minimum ratings are going to be, I think. Like, And they've been like, eh, we're okay with that. Right. We're still getting... Because even terrible ratings for wrestling, as weird as it sounds, are still good ratings for like cable programming overall or TV programming. Because right. not many people watch stuff, right? Because you who's watching live things anymore it's all on demand whatever 
So it's like sports and wrestling are really the only things that kind of do well. So even their terrible ratings are still pretty good compared to other TV programs. So they've just settled into this like, we got our TV money up front and now we can just sort of relax and do whatever. Who cares? Right. Right. Um, so I've got some Royal Rumble match updates because it is that time of year. It is. So that's fun. Um, on SmackDown, Sheamus and Johnny Knoxville of Jackass fame is con- are confirmed for the that. men's Royal Rumble match. Yeah. Um, so the update lineup for the men's match is Sheamus, the Mysterios, Street Profits, Austin Theory, and Knoxville. And then also 19 entrants were confirmed for the women's Rumble, those being Shotzi, blech, <laughs> Shayna Baszler, who should still win, right. um, 24-7 sure. champion Dana Brooke. Yep, yep, I just said that sentence. I know I saw a little bit of Raw, and so I watched like 15 minutes of Raw and saw her and Reggie coming out. To it was a tag team match. Is it was Truth and Tamina, or is it nope. Truth and someone else? It was Tamina. Tamina and... was the week before, or no, it was Tr- Tamina and uh, oh Tazawa. Right, yeah. and it, why do I? <sighs> and basically, if Brooke got pinned, it was for the title. But any other combination, it what I don't know. It was stupid. But yeah. anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, then Nikki Ash. Uh, the women's tag team champs, which is Lena and Carmella, that is a terrible tag team. Um, Tamina, Natalia, Aaliyah, Rhea Ripley, Kelly Kelly, yeah, mm-hmm. Lita, Michelle McCool, and oddly Charlotte Flair, who's still the SmackDown Women's Champion. I don't think that really Haven't works. Have they done this before, where they brought back all of these previous women? Was it last year? I remember. They do seeing... that a lot. Okay, they just need to fill it like, up. Yeah, I guess. for surprise entrance and yeah. whatnot. Surprise. Well, these aren't surprises. Quote unquote. I thought they revealed they almost all of them, but 19 entrance still leaves what 11, right? right? So there's 11 spots for surprise entrance and yep. whatnot. Um, and then there are that's not 19, so there's a few more that I thought found particularly interesting, um, such as the retired Bella Twins. I'm not saying the Bella Twins are interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting that they're here because they're retired and Good clarification. are somehow Hall of Famers. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was surprising. I showed you Summer Rae is in, which that just feels like an odd return. These are like absolute ring generals showing up for this day. It's right. going to be... And a genuinely <laughs> surprising one and not a bad one is Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion Mickey James. Yeah, this is... Even advertised by Impact, too. But I want to know, is WWE going to refer to her working in another company? I think they mentioned that on commentary. I, I think I saw something that they did. That is interesting, because that's something I never thought they Even would Even like do. something small that, because like WWE has nothing to do with the Forbidden Door, ever. No. So this is, this is either a star or just like a one-off, which either way, I think it's very interesting. So I don't know. That's cool. I think it'd be really cool if she had the belt, too. It feels uh, like... It depends if she retains tonight. Right. But... It feels like they're basically like have now acknowledged that impact are in no way a threat or competition, so maybe they can deal with them a little right. bit, right? Because they're not right. anything. They're, they're not AEW. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yep. Oh, um, sorry, my yeah, turn. Yeah, that's it. Oh, um, yeah, your turn. What do I have? Unfortunately, I'm a little nervous because two of the people I still care about in NXT 2.0 worked a dark match at SmackDown, and that is Tommaso Ciampa, who defeated Pete Dunne. Um, I don't That's my boy. know any details of the match. Although, but... it's good that Pete Dunne lost, because that means they're probably not interested in him. And Champa, I mean, we'll get to it. I don't think it's news to anyone. He did lose the title, so and, um, he he's, could move. Um, he's, but I remember, he's not at all interested in the main no. roster. I don't rem- I don't rem- I don't, um, sorry, I don't blame him, but... So my nightmare would be that both of them move to main roster, and then the cupboard is really bare in terms of 
veterans, right, on 2.0, but... Uh, <laughs> veteran, quote-unquote, quote if you're unquote. going with Pete Dunne. I mean, he is, but he's still, like, he's a right. young gun. So I kind of hope for their sake they don't move up, although I don't know what's... It's tough now because it used to be... Like, NX... NXT was good for right. them. Right, NXT's awesome, so I hope they stay, but now, no, that's not the direction NXT's going either, so these guys kind of don't have anywhere to go. You can be on NXT where you're going to be an afterthought because you're not young and you're not huge, or you can go to main roster where you're going to be an afterthought because that's just how it works, right? And you're not giant monsters. So I, I don't think there's much potential for these guys to do anything I care about, unfortunately, because they're both awesome, especially Pete Dunne, right? Huge Pete Dunne fan, but yes, I don't he's see... He's probably a, my favorite guy left in NXT. I don't see a path for him to being interesting no matter where he goes in WWE right now, and that sucks for him and no, me. I, I need him in AEW, but the only issue with that is he can't keep his theme song. I'd be fine if now that we're watching NXT UK, he just goes back there and dominates for a bit too. I'm yeah. fine with but at the same time, I feel like he's on, he's above that a, now. A little bit, I feel I like agree. he's definitely outgrown that. But the, just the sucky part is he never got to accomplish anything in an NXT nope. main. Because by the time, like I feel like like the the time he got a, sh- a real good shot at the NXT title, aside from that one match with Finn Balor, was the first episode of 2.0. Right. Because right. they've now shifted, what, every championship to like new crop people, basically? Uh, is, who's I wouldn't. Got- I wouldn't consider Imperium. New oh, crop. that's true. But right. I think they're the one exception. Yep. Other than that, what you got Toxic Attraction. Yep. I think Carmel Carmelo Hayes is kind of new crop, but he's kind of like I feel like he's kind of like the tweener in this case because he's kind he was yeah, he's he been has, around a bit before. Exactly. But so I think he I think you could consider him, and he's also got the cruiserweight title, so that's done. The NXT title definitely. Um, what what am I missing? Something else? Uh, the women's titles on Mandy Rose. Yes. Oh, she's not new crop. Well. She is and she isn't because she's she kind of part of this new, but yeah. she's also not new at She's part all. of the NX, I would say the 2.0 brand, right? She was yeah. specifically brought for that, at least. Pretty so, much. Yeah. The yeah. transition is almost complete and it's not it a great It is pretty thing. much complete. <laughs> yep. Um. Next, as revealed on Rampage, Cody Rhodes is not medically cleared to compete at AEW Battle for the Belt, so he will be replaced by Dustin Rhodes. And then now that match with Guevara is for the interim TNT title. I find that interesting because everything I found said it was like COVID-related stuff, whether he has it or he's in protocols. For it could it. be medicals, though. I guess. But, right? Yeah, but so if it were a COVID thing, that's not a very lengthy time away, right? So, um. I don't understand why they're going with an interim because it could be like five or ten days, which is not super long. Right. So I wonder if there's almost something more serious wrong. Right. And also, I feel like I, I kind of like that because now Cody's not champion. Yeah. But at the same time, then he can come back with like his own title and do that thing, which I don't want him to do because get him away from that belt. Uh, do you think that who wins this then? Put it back on Sammy already? I think so, because I'd rather him drop it to, like, say, Scorpio Sky um, I, rather than Dustin Rose. I don't think they need to give Dustin a meaningless or I just I feel like there's more story possibilities if Dustin has it. They can do something within the Rhodes family sort of thing and give him, like, the, hey, experienced veteran who has really good matches true. when we bust I you I think out, either way, I think you. it needs to go to Scorpio Sky. I think he deserves Eventually, it. Eventually, maybe. Because they're saying, like, he's top five rank. While I would also very much enjoy Ethan Page, maybe even a little more so, yep. I think Scorpio Sky definitely makes more sense. And as long as it's one of the men of the year guys, I'd be happy. Or, I don't know, um, maybe say if, if a, um, super bad were to return. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up, man. Oh, oh, nope, nope. Forbidden Door. Taylor Rust. There you go. Yep. Back again. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I enjoyed the Page-Cody match. So, I, I mean, Scorpio Sky would probably be good 
yep. as well. I, I don't think know. they got a few decent options, but I think either way, I think one of these two is a transitional champion. It feels that way. They kind of tried Sammy already, right? And they, I, I wasn't super impressed with his great. run, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's me again. Sorry. Um, it is no surprise to anyone if you watch day one, but WWE has added the term pay-per-view to its list of banned words along with what <laughs> hospital is banned uh belt, belt is th- banned uh, or title or is it back no okay, it no. was belt i think i think it was around for like becky two belts yeah but oh right or two belts she, she got an exemption but medical um, exemption what else i'm i'm trying to think there's um i don't know wrestler or like wrestling or something but everybody like. yeah that is probably true everybody um. noticed the premium live event <laughs> is the replacement term right um apparently i don't remember but in my looking for news today that term was first used in october but really they, they, i i must have i think it was probably like a one-off in passing as like a I trial remember balloon knowing that because um our, and you you were watching the big event which is like I a was. really old wp i was the like the, the big premium live event right <laughs> that's right <laughs> so i mean they really drove it home on the day one right they said it multiple times and clearly and it's just I, just funny to me that it's just it's so wwe lingo it feels you know? like just vince is there and he has or whoever has a problem with these words and i i don't i find it interesting because it's who not really, really a cares? pay-per-view anymore but it's, it, not, it's, it's but... still i think the best name for it just right. i think it i just like that right it just works though. unless this is them trying to weasel out of being compared to aew because like well we don't do pay-per-views so it's not the same thing you can't compare their way way better rate you know what i mean like they're better pay-per-views right so i don't know if it, they're trying to create it, it could be it definitely could be because they do stupid stuff like they're creating their own category of events so that they can talk about it being the the, the most pre- the premier the premium most, live event the most <laughs> watched premium live event of all time and crap like that right they just want to invent new things so that they can invent new accolades to go with it, it right? right so we'll see where it goes i just think it's ridiculous and kind of amusing to right. me so i put it in my news yep um apparently i discovered which makes me very mad as i already was that the original plan for day one was in fact seth rollins winning the wwe title which i had a feeling was gonna happen right. but yet it did not because brock lesnar exists well and they had to change plans too to covid stuff yeah but he could have not won i guess he could have like been there, done Brock Lesnar things, but then not done anything. I saw somebody put but a they had to do but it. compiled a picture or an image, whatever, of like, here's the graphic when it was going to be Seth Rollins one on one. Yeah, then I saw the, that too. Here's the graphic. It's now a three way. Now it's four. Now it's five. And, and then he didn't even win the tie. Right. That just sucks. But but I'll have more on that later. Um, but for now, kind of a follow up is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is set for the Royal Rumble, which people are excited for which it could be interesting lastly won a four-way on raw which was the planned day yeah. one main event which i think that's kind of funny the day after they just do the match anyways it's close to a dream match for me it would be like five years ago it would be really really amazing but still like these are two now i think it would have been a dream match last year when lashley was at peak yeah i'm yeah that's true i mean it should still be really interesting to watch because they finally started to present bobby lashley as the monster that he is right so it's all been sort of the fault of like they just haven't made Lashley look I'm strong enough. I'm glad they're doing this now, but I feel like this also could be done in Mania with, like, Brock did not need the title for this. I feel like it's similar to, um, like, flashing back to him versus Goldberg at Mania 33 for the Universal title. Like, when they, because originally Jericho versus Owens is going to be a Universal title, I think. Yeah. And I don't think that match needed the title, and I don't think this match needs the title. I think it would be a, a worthwhile Mania match for both of them. Right. 
but it doesn't require the title. Yep. So I feel like they should have done that, and then I think the plan day one result should have been gone with. Yeah, I think they're just like their their f- fail safe is Brock Lesnar, right? Ratings are bad. People are out and sick all over the place. Throw the title on Lesnar and let him go to both brands, right? right? Seems to be just like the Brock Lesnar's our savior whenever they really need him to be sort of thing. I don't know if they're right or not, but that seems to be their mindset. They are definitely not. No. Um, The pay-per-view for, what is it, Hard to Kill for Impact tonight? A bit of a change. Apparently the knockouts, it's actually the match I was thinking wasn't going to be very good anyways. So the tag team champions. Oh, uh, I had that too. Nice. The inspiration. They've been pulled from tonight's uh, Hard to Kill pay-per-view. They're isolating due to COVID close contact. So not that they have COVID, but that they came into contact. So they were supposed to take on the influence, which is one of, I would say, the weaker matches on that card, it looks to me. So I don't know. I haven't heard if they're replacing it or if they're just getting rid of the match altogether. I didn't see a replacement when I looked this morning, but who knows? Nice. Um. So next, it seems that Roman Reigns, Royal Rumble opponent, I guess, I feel like it could have been Lesnar, but um, instead it it seems to be Seth Rollins which is very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, it That seems to be set for the Universal title match. Um, it was originally thought that it was like confirmed, but it's technically like not confirmed, although it seems all but confirmed. Yes. You know what I mean? One of those things. Yep. Apparently, they were like, running a storyline last night where Adam Pierce was picking Reigns' opponent. At the end of the show, someone knocked on Reigns' door. It wasn't Aleister Black. No. Um, and the knock mimicked the Shields theme, and it was none other than Rollins. Uh, him and Reigns had a little stare down, and then Rollins cackled. I did watch that segment because I thought they actually spoke. He does have Rollins a nice cackle. Cackled. He does have a nice cackle. That is true. <laughs> um, I assume it'll be confirmed in due time. I very much like the idea of this match. I think these two always make for good opponents. I flash back to Money in the Bank 2016, which is the last match I can remember from that. I know they had a match on Raw in 2017, I think, before Extreme Rules, but I remember liking that Money in the Bank match. Um, I think they always make for good opponents. Um, I think it could kickstart the face turn that Rollins might need. I think generally he's a good heel. And I think if he ever becomes world champion again, I think it's worth trying a heel world champion run. Probably not soon. Yeah. But um, I think he's also a solid baby face that they really need right now. Yeah. And I think this heel run is very stale. Like I for just, sure. I just find myself not interested in him anymore. Um, I still like him. He's probably one of my favorite guys on the main roster by default, but yeah. I just don't love this heel run from him. It's like the Messiah stuff was all right. I feel like at least that seemed to have more of a purpose. This whole like visionary Seth freaking Rollins drip God thing. It's okay. It's it's kind of run its course for me. I saw some fantasy book like um, Lesnar versus Reigns at Stupendous Mania night one. Um, oh, like in a winner take all. Um, and then Drew wins the Rumble again to face Reigns on night two. And then he gets the win to get his moment. But... <laughs> I don't see that happening because I don't think they would do the the double match thing in two nights like um when Abushi won the IWGP right. double title last year like I don't think they do that I think they kind of like to have it like separate like say W titles on the one show and the Universal titles on the other show right mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna like have that double title match and either. then Reigns defend again I feel like if they were gonna do a double title match they would book at that on night two because yes. like it's the most stupendous double title it's, match of it's them all. Even stupendouser. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that this uh, match at the Rumble will be Rollins' first shot because I think he's still in this boring heel run. Maybe he puts up a good fight, but gets his ass beat, and then I could see him maybe winning the Rumble because I honestly don't know who's gonna win this year. Like, yes, no, there's not a lot confirmed right now, but just feasibly, I don't see many. Like, I don't. I feel like there's not really a favorite. Omos. So far. 
Oh. He's really big. Oh, that's true. He's the biggest man there is, so <laughs> he wins. Right. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't really see him. And then I feel like he could start his road to redemption. And by Mania, he's like a full baby face again. He wears white gear at Mania. Wear white gear at Mania, please. Um, and also somewhere along the line in the process, um, Freakin is removed from his official name. Yeah, he, I don't know, like, he's really good in the ring and stuff. I haven't enjoyed face or heel character in quite a while, so I'm I, hoping he has some idea. I think his last really good year was when he was a mid-carder in 2018. Remember, he was IC champ, he had, like, the open challenge, and he had the feud with Ziggler? Yeah. I feel like his last good heel run was the first one. I, need, I think he needs to talk to his wife and get some ideas from her, because she's an awesome baby face, even though they won't let her be one, even though the fans are basically insisting that she be one. They're just like, nope. We don't want her to be, right? right? So anyways, did you want to talk about the NXT? <clears throat> right. Because that's the only one I yeah. have left is um, related. So yeah, Samoa Joe, Timothy Thatcher, who's not dead, and uh, William Regal, of course, um, among other NXT personnel have been released. Um, that Ridiculous. sucks because in, in, I think it's nine months, Joe's been released twice. Yes. And also now William Regal just How a further... How do you release William Regal? I don't... Mm. I honestly don't know. I Like, I don't know where he'll end up or whatever, but he's... It's really hard to have a good, believable babyface authority figure, and he's the like the best. I don't he know. Was he awesome. might be my favorite ever. Yeah, I'd he have was to think really about good. it a bit more, but well, because I feel like a lot of times general managers feel like forced. They're too yes. involved, or like right. they 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 start like picking favorites and like. And they usually fall, they almost always fall yep. into a heel role. But William Regal never did that. He was always there when it was needed. Right. He, he always did it like perfectly. And there was somebody, right now, NXT is like a rudderless ship, right? Everybody's just making their own matches and like developing their own stuff without anyone. Right. It's not even like saying like anything. management confirmed this. Like they it's, could they at least do be doing that, but they don't yep. do anything. So I think that's a big mistake. But yeah. um, related to that, um, apparently the reports that Triple H is disappointed with, because there was more backstage people that you not? didn't mention there, right? Um, and apparently he I thought... I think Road Dog was in there. Yes, he, he's one of them. And Gabe Sapolsky, right? Um, I don't know who that is. He's a guy that's been all over the place in wrestling as like a booker, promoter, that kind of thing. Uh, anyways, so apparently Triple H thought that he was sort of assembling a team that he was going to move to main roster. The idea being like, you do a good job sort of developing NXT and getting it to a certain point. Then you go to main roster and maybe do the same thing. And apparently the team he was hoping to assemble was... Uh, himself obviously regal gave sapolsky and road dog and that they were all released so this is like i'd heard this rumor before and that basically you know how triple h had this health issue that apparently was pretty serious right is what i'm hearing with his heart i think it was is that what it was uh it was a cardiac event or something because <laughs> i think heart attack is on the band phrases for wwe it perhaps. has to be um but it, I'd heard rumors, and this feels like that that is what they're doing, that they're using his time away to just blow up his plans, to get rid of people, um, to basically send NXT into this new developmental direction that they're clearly into now, There's right? nothing so, you can do about it. Um, yeah, it seems like they've just cleaned house of anybody that was part of Triple H's kind of group to sort of remove him altogether from NXT, and you can definitely feel the difference. Not yeah. even that I'm a big NXT, or sorry, Triple H fan, but I do think he's done an awesome job with NXT, right? So, uh, Absolutely. Anything else for you? Um, I'm done. Uh, AEW filed a new trademark for the name Paragon, which is suspected to be the name for the new AEW version of Undisputed Era, given Kyle Riley used that term in Paragon. a promo. Okay. Um, 
Now, I don't love this name, but I, to be fair, I remember both of us not liking the name it. Undisputed Era at Thought first. Thought it was stupid. But I, I think, I, in hindsight, I think it, yep. that name really worked. Yep. And so I, I, I'll give it a chance. I still would like, like, Undisputed Elite or something, because then they can I see, keep I, all the same branding, pretty much. I like that they're acknowledging their previous existence, but I, like, I prefer them not to sort of rip the name off to go with something a little different. I don't know. If I love Paragon either, but I'm sure over time we'll get used to it, right? Seems right. to be how it works. And then also Walter announced his final NXT UK match yes. next week against Nathan Fraser, which I think, A, odd choice, B, kind of came out of the blue. It did, but it seems like he's sticking around, right? We'll talk about that when we get to NXT UK a little bit as well. All right, you ready to get into some specific wrestling review and recaps? Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. And we kick off with Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson for the AEW World Title once we again. Sure do. With Mark Henry, I think it was Jerry Lynn and Big Show. Yay! Very judges. lackluster group of judges, right? So it kind and... of led me to believe they would not be involved because people were like, the speculation was Bret Hart's going to be there, um, or all kinds of other people that. How they... are Big Show and Mark Henry qualified to judge this kind of match? What would they know about right. this kind of match? <laughs> That's a great point because they've been involved in so many lengthy, like half hour or one hour matches. Wrestling right? matches with actual right. wrestling. Now, Jerry Lynn, on the other hand, he is definitely qualified. He's amazing. If you're not, if you haven't seen Jerry Lynn stuff, you should probably go back and watch some Jerry Lynn RVD matches. Uh, Jerry Lynn's fantastic, but it just felt like. They just grabbed judges from backstage, basically, right? And some people had built it up like they were going to bring in specific people or whatever. So it wasn't really disappointing to me because I hated the whole judge idea anyways, as I've talked about on this show. And the fact that once I saw that those were the judges, I felt a little more confident that they weren't going to be involved, that we weren't going to get to the judge's decision, right? Because I don't see any universe where that's a smart move for them. But anyways, talk about this match. Right. I also like to mention now, because I, before I forget, that on Rampage, I did discover that Adam Cole is currently ranked number one. He so is. now we need the Battle of the Atoms. Could be. Oh, yeah. That would work. Why are we doing Battle of the Bells? We need Battle of the Atoms. This mm -hmm. that same name, Nemesis. For the name. You win the name. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> though, I would love that match, because I think they're two of my favorite guys right well, now. It, well, it's and coming up. both Adams. NXT has gone back to um, a match for the basically a woman as property right so oh yeah so that'll be coming up on <laughs> so who knows what you could have a match for these days right literally a match for your legal name yeah and then adam page loses and has to be hangman you page hangman always page. right mm -hmm. which i mean that wouldn't be much of a difference anyways um this was another superb wrestling match this time kicking off 2022 literally because it's their first like well okay dark doesn't count no so this is, a, yeah, this is a pretty strong match to start the year off with, I would suggest. Yep. Um, some notables, there's like an aggressive collar and elbow tie up until breaking the corner is forced. Danielson pushes Hangman off the ropes into a side, or off of a side headlock, sorry, and ducks out of the ring, but then Hangman just keeps running and then hits a suicide dive. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool, and, but he misses that uh, Orihara moonsault to the outside. I only know that because of Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur's awesome. Yep. We didn't do commentator of the year, but he would have been mine. Ah, oh, I know we did that the first year, so yeah, I'm sad he, I forgot he's that. He's mine. He's amazing. Can I still pick Mauro Ronaldo, even though he didn't no. do anything? 
Oh, wait, no, he was on Impact once. That counts. I actually learned stuff from Excalibur, right? Which is, as a 30-plus year wrestling fan, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mauro now is still my boy. I think I saw something about, like, backstage ripping Hughes mentioned in there, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. my boy Bullying him, yes. That's not cool. He's my boy. Uh, next, Danielson countered a later suicide dive attempt to send Hangman Schuller first in the barricade, just kind of sidestepping and then, like, guiding him into the barricade, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, later on, corner strikes by Danielson, and then he grounds Hangman and hits a stomp to the triceps, like, kind of, like, bends his arm back so the tricep is exposed and then stomps on that. Uh, springboard closing by Hangman with, uh, Danielson on the apron, of course, and then the slingshot plancha to the outside, kind of a standard combination from Hangman. Uh, Hangman gets busted open again, so and much Brian targets it immediately with punches. Repeated headbutts to that open wound by Danielson post-commercial break. A front chantry suplex followed by elbows to the head. Hangman flips over a German suplex attempt from Danielson and hits a bridging German suplex for two. Both of them go over the top rope in a suplex position, but they hang on, but then Danielson sends Hangman that was in crazy. the ring post face first. A post-commercial break headbutt exchange atop the turnbuckles, which ends in an avalanche moonsault all-the-way slam. By Hangman for two. Awesome. That was pretty sweet. Yep. Um, Hangman catches a dive from the apron by Danielson and hits a dead eye on the outside. Tries to fall in the ring with Buckshot, but Danielson just drops to the mat and is, um, as he is nearly hit. Uh, Orihara Moonsault connects this time by Hangman to the outside. Um, Danielson uh, ducks a Buckshot and hits a, the single leg knee for two count. Um, then we get a headbutt exchange. Later on, a heel hook by Danielson. Uh, nearly gets it, but Hangman's able to get out and hit crossface shots. Uh, the finish comes with a high back suplex by H- Hangman, followed by the buckshot Larry, and he Backdrop picks driver. up the win. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, win. He did pick up the win. Yeah, um, so that's cool, because Danison's not lost yet. Right. Uh, this was... Uh, I absolutely loved this match as well. The Their first match snuck in just at the end of the year to be my uh, 2021 match of the year and i just love this one too it felt different from the first different like, enough at least right but also kind of similar. amazing on its own it's it started a lot faster right um and it never really stopped these guys didn't need to pace themselves for 60 minutes right so they could kind of go a little bit quicker right from the beginning and to me it really felt like two guys desperately trying to win rather than two guys putting on a show like you actually had the feeling of they want this to win this match and have this championship. The crowd was ridiculously hot for this and just added to the big fight feel of it. Just a few things like Paige, when he went for the first buckshot when Danielson collapsed to avoid it, which I thought was an amazing And little... then he kind of played possum and he went with like a, tried to get a roll up after. Yeah, apparently that's a like an homage to, a, I think, an Okada match. Um, but anyways, Paige, the, the facial expression he had right before going for that buckshot that he didn't hit, it just looked incredible so intense and a face that i don't think i've seen him make before and then another like at about 20 minutes in or so when he's page is covered in blood and he's doing the jumping jacks to sort of mock daniel bryan i thought that was like just an incredible possibly even iconic image of bloody hangman doing jumping jacks um that makes a good gif then danielson like this whole time we've been talking about how cool it is that he's winning all of these matches with different moves right And that really helped. It paid off in this match because he tried, I think, all of those moves to beat Paige and he just couldn't do it, right? So all of the things that he's beaten... I think that's also a feather in Hangman's cap, too. Absolutely. All of the things that he's beaten other people with in AEW, he couldn't put away Paige with. So just the, the drama that these two can create in a match is incredible. I was absolutely captivated. 
I'm already going to say that this is a match of the year contender for me for 2022. That's what I said. Like, I love this match. And it's just early in the year instead of late. I, I don't know. My only issue is, like, I don't know how the rest of the show is supposed to follow this match. Like, this is a match that I would say if I was trying to convince someone to become a wrestling fan, at this point, this is probably the match I show them right now, right? And that's one of the biggest compliments I can give because I think a non-wrestling person could watch this and be, ca as long as they don't mind blood, because Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson bled like <laughs> an unbelievable amount. Yeah, right? so I, if, I would also recommend the, the Omega Dance. I still yeah, love that. If they don't have a problem with blood, this is the match I would show them. It's, I can't believe I'm saying this, dude, but I think I might have liked this better than the first one, which I'm was my match sure. of the year. Like, I loved this match. I, lo I just, this is professional wrestling. This is what I want. Brian Danielson is, the run he is on right now, like, it's an all-timer for me. The guy is just everything he does. Babyface, heel, in the ring, out of the ring, doesn't matter. He is incredible. And Paige has already established himself as an amazing champion, right? He's had... Sure, he didn't. He defended successfully. He didn't win outright, but he did in this one. So I already think he's had like two incredible title defenses. So it's sort of entrenching him as a main event championship material and guy. And with a solid number one contender in the waiting, I think he's setting up for another one. So this I may talk about at the end of this year as a match of the year. It's a. It's going to be in Five contention. In. I absolutely love this match and can't believe that I think. I liked it better than the one-hour draw. So what did you think? Um, I thought it was another great match between these two. I think you'd have to consider it for match of the year five days into 2022. I'm glad Hangman did get the win, the win clean this time um, as that's what was needed to be done, and I think he really deserved it. Both of them bled hard for this, and it was not for nothing. It was worked expertly. Danson smartly targeted Hangman's good arm but then switched to the head when he saw that. Right. It was busted open once again. Eventually, Danielson would best open too, which also looked really cool. I think his blood looked really red. Really, it looked, it looked like paint. Like it just yeah, crazy. It, it amount was of really blood red, everywhere. viscous liquid. It was know? red, viscous liquid. It, Don't it, say blood on this podcast. Sorry. That word's banned. There's I'm one. Sorry. There's no. another word banned. Yeah. Right. They're not allowed to say blood in WWE. Red viscous liquid. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a bunny's blood from Rampage the other week. Like it, it looked like um. Yeah. Just like really dark, like pure blood. I feel like sometimes like bleeding, like it looks like it's like. It look usually looks good, but this looks like really thick. real for me. Yeah, it yeah, it's really just like thick. just something about it just really strikes me. I'm like, oh damn, he's been because like Paige was bleeding a lot too, but like I feel like like one it looked kind of like it eventually kind of dried on his face a little more, yeah. and then Danson's just looked like it looks really like dark and thick. I'm just like, oh damn, he's like really bleeding. You he know was, what I mean? Yep. Um, I think the weeks of different finishes paid off here for Brian, like you said, with many believable near falls. Men Men using some of the previous finishers he had used against other opponents. It was the perfect way to give Brian's first loss. I don't yep, think there's agree. any issue with that whatsoever. Doesn't hurt him at all. Another great opener from them. A great first match for them for 2022. Um, I think it's definitely a match they're contender this early. I, I'm i not sure which one of these two I like better. I'm leaning a little towards the first one just because I think that was really cool. It was the yes. first time it went to an hour draw. But I think it's very, very close. Yeah. Amazing Next, stuff. Yep. Amazing start to the show. Mm-hmm. Next, we get the acclaimed. They're doing like a rap thing backstage promo thing. Yep. Um, Anthony Bowen. They they're talking about the Bowen's uh Allen match last week. They bring up Sting getting involved and gloat about beating him down afterwards. And then they announce that they're gonna get the job done next time. And they announce a music video next oh week. Oh my god, we were so and excited. And then close by saying that's a mic drop. Um, 
so all I can say is there's a solid promo from them. I cannot wait for the music video because the reputation precedes them. Wasn't that like our segment of the year? And yeah. it barely made it in for 2019, right? Or 2020? 2020. Yeah. So yeah, that was the buck hunt, right? That yeah. was unbelievable. So that was awesome. I'm, That's what got me into them. I'm I becoming think. a bigger and bigger Acclaim fan every I week, would have it to seems. Agree. Um, I feel like they do a really good job of like walking the line between funny and serious which i think for heels is sometimes hard right you go think, too far one that, way or the other i think other. that's important right yeah. i think it, it, i think it's cool and they also like i feel like caster does a good job of being kind of edgy sometimes but yeah. not crossing the line right. usually uh, i like the alan <laughs> bowens match a lot from rampage um mm-hmm. and i think this feud is good for the acclaimed right i'm super excited for another acclaimed music video because that was my I cannot wait to see how they the roast year. Sting because yeah. there's so many ways you could roast Sting. So, because I mean, they're good coming up with lyrics pretty much on the fly. So, if they actually have a bunch of time to prepare for it, it should be fantastic. Right. I just hope we're not building it up too much because Buck Hunt was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was I was awesome. Um, this show was starting off strong, right? I really like this segment too. <clears throat> yeah, the promo itself was all right, but I think it just it sets up something very nice. Yep. I just hope that they don't have to eventually job to sting because that would suck i they might i don't know it's possible no i think that like you could see like i think they should beat them because i think i don't think sting's lost yet i think i can't believe i'm saying this uh the win over sting would be like that would kind of propel them a bit just because 100 percent. whether he should be or not sting has been protected thus far like whether that's how they should be doing it or like that's just what's happened and I think that would help them. And I don't think they'll, they'll win the titles yet, but I think they should definitely get a title and, shot against the champions. And a claim don't have about. to win clean, so you could protect Sting a little bit, right? Yeah, that's true. Yep. And I don't think they need a title win or in their first shot, but I think along with Santana and Ortiz, they are leading choices in, in my book for the next champions because I think they definitely deserve it. I think maybe they could improve a little more in the ring, but they have time because yep. I think title runs usually last a while in AEW, um, and there's definitely not new champions. No, Acclaimed are getting better by the week and are just a really good heel tag team. Kind of old school, new school combination, it feels to me. Right. Um, and next we come to MJF versus Captain Sean Dean. Mm-hmm. Captain of what? I don't know. Like military guy, probably, mm. I'm guessing. Mm. Uh, my description is the word nothing. <laughs> Mine was sean dean versus mjf mjf nope because <laughs> something else happens instead. um mainly i think um cm punk runs out and then jeff runs off and then he hits a gts to sean dean to give mjf a dq loss yeah so now i saw this funny thing of the three people to give mjf a singles loss i think it was moxley yep uh jericho and sean dean perfect because technically he did do that yep um so then it kind of just turns into a promo segment between punk and mjf punk says this is mjf's future and this is what happens every time mjf steps in the ring while ducking punk huh like they went last week saying like punk is done with them mjf is moving on right and now not so that was my only sort of criticism of this is punk being like you're moving on for me that's fine and then remember i thought that was weird because they were chasing each other around the stadium and then it's like, we're just going to drop it. And now clearly they're not dropping it. But anyways, that's a minor. It's a nitpick for me. Yeah. Um, MJF says he's already stuck in the cesspool, referring to wherever they are. Don't ask where, because I don't remember. Yes. Um, I already forgot when he said the line, too. <laughs> um, uh, Punk says they are winners and MJF just lost. 
Um, MJF says everything Punk says is fake and induces boredom. MJF says Punk said he would go after the title, but he ended right back where he started because he makes Punk relevant. He says Punk like isn't who he used to be and he isn't their savior, but MJF is. He talks about how offended Punk seemed to be at the Roddy Piper line, but Piper had enough talent to actually main event WrestleMania. Ooh. And he says maybe if he hasn't shown enough respect, maybe he'll main event Mania too. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty stupendous. If well, you I like that. I like him teasing going to WWE. I think yeah, that's I don't, cool. Because I don't think he will at all. No, I but think he's one of their best guys. It's, a, it's realism, right? I like that. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny too. Uh, Punk tells him to get in the ring and he'll kick his ass. And all he wants to do is give him the ass kicking he deserves. He makes some crack at Mania. Yeah, he said something about you could go go sign with them, basically, and be on night four of the, what is it, two for one, whatever, and then be released, basically, which I thought was pretty funny. So he's taking shots at WWE for having two nights of Mania now, and as well, releasing tons of people all the time. So a yeah, double they already shot. released like a few people this year, right? right. Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, MJF gets fired up and asks, they want the match, you want the match, and he says it'll be Next week, it'll be Punk versus Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope CM Punk likes power bombs. Yes. Um, he says the difference between him and Piper, and our Punk says the difference between him and Piper and MJF is him and Piper would fight anyone anytime. So he says, bring on Wardlow, and Punk will eventually put MJF to sleep. Right. So Actually, your candidate right here. This was some interesting, like, anti-hero stuff from Punk, right? He basically gts an innocent man to get a rise out of the heel right which is kind of like austin vibes because he's gonna stunner everybody and anybody right so um yeah i thought it was a little bit anti-hero so maybe a shift for punk i don't know i really like mjf's angle that he makes punk relevant i kind of uh, like that and i don't disagree with a lot of the stuff mjf says about punk to be honest Uh, i really like that Punk just stands there and doesn't interrupt, right? He just patiently waits for his turn to talk and then sort of um, MJF hinting again at signing with WWE, I like. He did some nice work. He had to turn the crowd back around because he was getting chance, right? So then he started to sort of insult the crowd again to get it back on track the way remember, it was supposed to be. Do you remember what it was that they were chanting? Uh, I, was it MJF or something? I can't remember. Um, Punk took a couple shots at WWE, which I have no problem with as long as it's not everybody doing that i think it's fine for punk to do it because he obviously has some long-standing grudges with them and one of his complaints was that he never main evented mania right so that's uh mjf taking a shot at that when he um, should have probably and then i liked mjf feigning getting really angry near the end of this only to reveal he's still not going to face punk um and i'm intrigued because i think wordlow has to lose here doesn't he after squashing people for weeks so that seems kind of strange unless remember my fantasy booking yep would be that MJF comes out and attacks Wardlow to get Punk DQ'd. So that gets Punk the loss, and it also sort of brings his situation that is lingering with Wardlow to a head. He could be like the smart heel that's one step ahead, and like, you think I don't know what's going to happen? You don't think, you think I don't see that you're about to turn on me and I'm going to do it first before you can, sort of thing? Or he so, could play like, or he could play a coward and say like, oh, I just didn't, or like, uh, I wanted to get you the win or whatever, yeah. or like ensure the win because Punk's been beating all these guys who are better than him. Right. Like, and bottom line, I got you the win, buddy. Sort right. Of thing. So I feel like then he could, I, I would like that, like he was like a step ahead. Maybe he brings in someone else or something like that. Yeah. Or I guess he's still got FTR on them. Or he could play the slimy heel MJF like he usually does, where he could be like, oh, look, I helped you get the win. And he could, because he's been saying like Punk's been facing inferior competition, but then since he always contradicts himself on purpose, yeah. he could be like, Punk's 
manage to beat all these people who are stronger than him, bigger than him, sometimes better than him. Like, like for example, he beat Hobbs, yes. like who you could compare to Wardlow. Yep. And he could be like, and I didn't want you to do that, so then I could like get you. Then like, there's a lot of ways he could go. I think I think that'd be pretty cool. I was saying like, also there's gonna be some sort of shenanigans next week. So I don't think either of them should lose clean. Right. Um. But yeah, um, I thought this match was nothing more than an angle set up the promo segment, but that's fine, I guess, because I think the segment was pretty good. Me too, I liked it. Um, it was a little odd after the stuff last week, but I guess now we're back on track to this after one week of not. Yeah, I thought this was two really good performers on the mic, right? Just going back and forth. And I was worried that this feud was going to be overexposed with just a lot of time on TV, but I thought this was really good. Like, I say it sometimes, right? And I don't know, maybe it's meaningless, but... I thought this was just a really good professional wrestling segment, right? Two guys that are awesome on the mic going back and forth with little jabs and shots at WWE. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could I would say um, that this uh, could have been done without the match, but at least that kind of furthered this racking up wins storyline, yep. which kind of made sense. So I actually kind of like that that was kind of incorporated. Well, and the cool detail, too, that I don't even think that they drew enough attention to is that your records reset in the new year so, so mjf now, has a loss on his record right which yeah, is pretty smart which stuff. i think is also why cole is like six and oh probably i don't know right how so that's a cool little detail to get mjf a loss when your your record's been reset recently so i right. thought that's cool makes it even worse i guess right? yeah. it's not like he's like 10 and one or something right. it's the new year and now he's got a loss to start out with right. basically um next we get a cody Rhodes team guevara package <laughs> This aged well. Yeah, not happening. And, of course, it's narrated by Go Big Show Judge. I want to say it's... Ro- I don't think it's Rosario Dawson. I think I, it's I the other person. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, Um, She either. says Cody does everything big. Sure. Um, I, like He does get big sometimes, like when you put four... On 14 four, pounds of muscle. 14 pounds of muscle, <laughs> yep. And at Battle of the Belts, it all starts again. She says Cody beat Sammy on the first Dynamite. That is a fact. And over the two... Ne- the next two years, Guevara became a pillar of AEW and upset Miro for the TNT title. He talks about Cody's third TNT title win, third, and plugs the Go Big Show again. Um, what did you think about Go Big Show package thing? It was c- kind of cool, I guess, but kind of felt like true Cody style because it's a little bit over the top, right? Everything is always just a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more spectacular when it involves the Rhodes family. And of course, it had to be dovetailed into promoting his other multiple projects outside of AEW um so I don't know like on one hand if it's because he's going to embrace this heel kind of thing he's doing then I think it's cool but if it's just him being a delusional and self-indulgent like 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 I sometimes think Cody is then I don't really like it so I don't know how I feel about it but I guess at the end of the day it, it was fine as we say um yeah it was a fine it was solid package well and the narrating was meh and I really don't care about any Cody shows. Yeah, this I'm one not or his reality them. show or no. anything with Brandy Rhodes in it or no. anything with his brother in it or anything with Arnie Anderson in it or his mom. Does he have a mom? Is his mom dead? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I don't care. And uh, speaking of not caring, yeah. next Chris Jericho speaks. Yay. Um, Jericho panders to the crowd as this is a Chris Jericho promo in 2022 slash 2021. And he says how historic this is being the first Dynamite on TBS. That is true. He says he hasn't been on TBS since April 7th, 1999 on WCW losing to Booker T. Ooh, nostalgia. And he tries to get a TBS chant going, which I thought was super weak. Like, come on. 
if I had a dollar for every time I wanted to chant the name of a TV network, I would be right. as broke as I actually am. Yep. Um, he says it's great to be back after the attack. Uh, back after the attack from 2.0, and that's why last week he came to back to get a bit of revenge on 2.0, who then come out. Matt Lee says, welcome back. Chris Joker is like, how you doing? Or, I don't know, I can't do it, but he's, <laughs> I like how he says it. It's yeah. funny. Um, Lee says he doesn't know if Jericho remembers the last time they ran into each other, but they gave him a taste of, of steel chair. He makes square head cracks at Matt Lee and tries for a chant again and does the same with Jeff Parker going with Pinhead. Oh, my God. Uh, so just lame. goes back and forth between square head and Pinhead. Uh, Parker asks if Jericho wants another taste, and Jericho grabs his baseball bat, but Garcia... Sneak attacks from behind until Prime Powerful and Eddie Kingston make the save. And they're not wearing face paint this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Jericho's just juvenile and it feels kind of lazy to me with his stuff here. And then I think it hurt 2.0 a little bit because they look kind of dumb having to like react so demonstratively. Which, I mean, they are to... kind of dumb sometimes, but it's never they like are. too. It's always to an extent. Right. Um. So. I don't know. The rest was fine. Like, the attack and stuff was okay. But Jericho just seems to be kind of cruising here and coming up with stuff off the cuff almost. And I don't think it's good. Like, I don't think he's doing a very good yeah, job Yeah, I used to say it, they so. could keep him around because his stuff on the mic was still funny. Like, when he was kind of heel leader of the inner circle, yeah. champion and whatnot. But now I just don't see any use for him. I'm kind of over him, right? So I did, I did not love this, especially Jericho's part. The other guys were fine. Yeah. Um, this is not great, if I'm being honest. Jericho comes off as childish or juvenile, like you said, um, and, or something, and now he just tries way too hard to get crowd chants going. He has really become a shell of his former self. It doesn't really offer anything anymore. Like I said, I was fine with him with him um, staying around because he's still okay in the ring. Like, he's okay. Yep. And entertaining on the mic with, like, his heel stick and went on, like, or when he was on commentary, that was also fun. Um, but I, now I think he's neither. I think he needs some sort of other role because it's getting boring and formulaic or just retire. I think it's time. I think he's earned that. I, he could just go on as his band now. Like, I like just not this anymore. Yeah, I'm not uh, not a big fan anymore either. Uh, moving into better things, we get a promo from uh, Undisputed Era or Paragon, I guess. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I'm going to call them Undisputed Era until I can't no more, which I feel like I always try to do that and then just eventually with the new name for a while, like... It takes Frankie over. Monet or something. Yeah, it takes hold eventually. Yeah. Yep. But um, I will deny it as long as possible. Uh, Cole says last week was awesome. Talks about how they whooped best friend's ass. Cole says he knows Kyle kicked him by accident, and the, but the Bucks' system was not an accident because their faction will be unstoppable. He talks about Jake Atlas randomly and said and challenges him to a match on Rampage. And he says he is still the guy everyone talks about, and he'll give Jake a one-way ticket back to Orlando. Boom, roasted. <laughs> he says it's a new year in the same Adam Cole Bay Bay with a number one contender spot yeah um i like because cole is already hinting right that he's kind of got to play moderator between red dragon and the young bucks which i think is a storyline aew will develop slowly and beautifully and will have some kind of awesome eventually payoff. he should stick with uh red dragon though um, Dragon. and then he quickly turned his attention to atlas which is nice because you want to give the new guy some attention to and sort of put him over a little bit so cole as always right he's believable uh, i'm interested to see asshole a- asshole <laughs> atlas wrestle someone good outside Are of nxt right? an <laughs> no because um, atlas just never like i've heard he's had some incredible matches on the indies and in nxt he never really got he was just really bland and boring yep, that's why i extremely dislike him so i'm hoping that we see better from him and if 
I mean, Cole can definitely pull a good match out of him. So I'm, I like this promo, and I'm hoping that the match with Atlas is good because mm-hmm. I want to like Atlas. So the top five is so number like it's kind of weird. Number five is Hobbs with one and zero, so he definitely needs a title shot. <laughs> um, Scorpio Sky is ranked number four with one and zero, and then uh, Brian Danielson is three at zero and one. Which so how is zero and one above one and zero? Oh, and what? I don't know, because he's amazing. But that's the problem with rankings when people have one match for the year, right? Like, yeah. that's kind of one Ward of the flaws in this system. Wardlow's also got 1-0, but he's over Brian Danson number two. And then Cole is number one with, you want to hear his record? Well, now it's 1-0, I guess. But as of January 7th, it was 0-0. Right. So it feels like they're kind of still considering hey, the perfect record. 2021 a little bit, because otherwise, what do you do? Nobody mm-hmm. has any matches yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, like, I, don't know, I guess some of the career records are different. Like, Wardlow's overall is 40 and 6. Right. Whereas, like, Brian is 30 or 13, 2 and 2. Mm-hmm. Wait, he has two losses? That doesn't sound right. No, it does know. not. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I thought it was a solid promo as well. I'm glad to see they're still all in good, Undisputed Era, that is. Culver's Atlas could be solid, but Atlas is just not, he's just not interesting. Not great. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we watched Rampage. We'll yeah, talk about it later. Oh, that is true. We did. Um, Wardlow versus Antonio Zambrano, Zambrano, Zam... Doesn't matter. I, I think he's local talent was my understanding. Yeah. Um, in a squash. Spears hits a Death Valley driver at the C4. Just kidding. It's not a C4. Um, on the outside, while well, the ref isn't looking for the, the match starts. Um, and Wardlow's irritated by this, right? I think is yeah. the idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, match starts. Wardlow hits a powerbomb um, and notables only. So third powerbomb by Wardlow. Um, and then the fourth powerbomb rolling into a fifth by Wardlow for the win. It's just the same squash again. Nothing interesting. I have nothing really to say. Yeah, I don't really get what's going on with Spears and Wardlow. I I think he has to have a real match next week, at least. Are they right? competing to hurt people first or better or something? JR did sort of throw out somewhere along the line, and I guess this is what they're trying to get across, is that everybody in Pinnacle seems to be mistreating Wardlow, right? So it's not just MJF that's the problem. It's the group in general that they're trying to get across. But I don't know. This story for me just needs to get moving, right? And I, I guess it's going to because Wardlow's not going to be five power bombing Punk and then leaving. So I guess it's going to have to something's gonna have to shake out of this next week and it's about time for me frankly like mm-hmm. it's fine whatever i agree he's a monster but how many times can i watch him powerbomb right. people five times next we get to the exciting tournament finals yeah well there was a brief little package with layla hirsch and statlander uh, got i didn't beef. cover that my was summary like really was quick. layla hirsch and statlander got beef I think it's sort of furthering the Layla Hirsch possible heel turn that's coming for her, which I think would be great. So just a quick little package that nothing special. Mm-hmm. But then, yes, we do get the finals. Um, Jay Cargill versus Ruby So for the TBS title, TBS tournament finals. Um, the longest and probably least deserving of being long. They tournament. certainly, it moved at a snail's pace, right? They spread it yeah, out Yeah, I think for generally the matches haven't been, like, I feel like they could have gotten this over with way sooner. I mean, I guess now it's the first TBS title, or sorry, TBS show. It was a lot better than the WWE Women's Tournament. Which one? The one that, like, all of the matches combined totaled 19 minutes. the Queen of the Ring. Which would probably maybe talked about in our worst of if we ever get around to getting that that, recorded. That could be something, yeah. Yeah. Or, um, like, I guess they could have just started the tournament later and then moved it faster, because I feel like it's been really slow. Like, other than, like, I think Deeb, Sheeta, and then someone versus Nyla Rose. Oh, I think Sheeta again. Um, like there hasn't been many matches that really stand out to me. No, they've been like solid but not spectacular. No, it was I would Soho say Soho versus Nyla or yeah, something. I don't some know. solid stuff, but nothing like yeah, it's blown me away. Agreed. Um, 
And so, yes, this was a mediocre tournament final. I have, like, five notables. Go for it. And it was a decent, like, match. Um, first off, I noticed there was Martin- Martinez coming out again, and but she ends up in a brawl with Thunder Rosa, so I guess that's going to occupy Yes, which I'm Rosa excited for, for honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, corner toss kicks by Soho, and Soho bringing out the big guns, middle rope arm drag. Whoa. Ooh. Uh, shoulder breaker followed by a pump kick for two by Cargill. A side of suplex by Soho for two at one point, and then the finish comes with an avalanche jaded by Cargill for the win, a.k.a. Glam Slam. But didn't, I felt like something about the finish, I don't have specifics, but in it my notes. It took a bit to set up. They called an, I've almost felt like there was some sort of audible, like, yeah, it was awkward little, anyways, um. So I've been saying pretty much since the beginning that I thought this tournament was basically made for Jade Cargill, right? So it's nice to be proven, right? Obviously. Apparently that was the plan. They almost considered changing, but that was like the plan Yeah, it sure felt like it. So I would give Ruby Soho some credit just because, I mean, I don't think Jade's very good at this point in the ring, right? And there were some awkward bits in this for sure, including the finish. But it turned out to be a decent match, a lot, mostly due to Ruby Soho. Jade for sure needs to keep getting better, and if she does, she's definitely money because, I mean, she has a presence and charisma and a look that just nobody else has. So it feels like yeah, AEW... Yeah, I mean, who else has the courage to dye their hair like that? It just feels like they're investing in her, right, and trying to give her as much experience and as much high-profile stuff as they can. Um, I think thinking it's going to pay off later once she becomes awesome. So Ruby Riot, sorry, Soho, is good, oh. but I don't see her on the top tier of this division for some reason. There's just something that she's not quite there for me. Like I think that's also like a good thing that the TNT, or sorry, the TBS title yes. now is a thing, because I think that benefits people like her who exactly. like not, aren't necessarily bad, but because for me the also just like not quite at the level of yeah a main title for me that top tier is like a brit baker thunder rosa even for me once she gets rolling mercedes martinez and then serena deeb right those are my i I would say Sheeta's pretty up there too that yeah that's fair so i think those are like my big five at the top tier and then soho's a notch below that and then kind of like um nyla rose and stuff like that too so the division's starting to shape up i think they just need a little more time on TV, like have more than one match every week would probably make sense to me. But anyways, this match was just kind of okay. Um, Jade Cargill's not amazing, but I get what they're doing with her. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very um, WWE treatment, right? Like, look at her. She's this physical specimen. I don't care if she's not great in the ring yet. We're going to push her to the moon sort of thing. And as long as it's only one person they're doing that with and not everybody, right, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think once she gets good, it's like kind of China-like, right? So yep. yep. I think she once she gets good, yeah. Um, This is just okay. I had the tough task of following that opener, though, because the other two matches right. in realities don't really count in this case. No. Um, Cargill is, a pretty, is pretty solid given the amount of time she's been around, but she's been here almost a year, and in that time, someone like Raquel Gonzalez got far better. Um, what I mean is Cargill isn't the worst, but her inexperience really shows sometimes. This is another it case, does. although not an egregious one. Um, just sometimes she has trouble executing things and just like, sometimes she just, you can really just tell she's, she's not, not quite super there smooth yet. Right, right yet. Right. Like she's still kind of going through the motions and she can hit a few cool things, but it's all those just the little areas to clean up that'll hopefully happen over time. Mm-hmm. Um, next we get a JR sit down interview with Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she wanted to re- wrestle civilized matches, but that didn't happen. She has gone some fluke victories and now it's about hurting Cheetah and taking her rightful top spot. Deep says there is no one on her level, and she's a professor because she has a PhD in this. Uh, I love this because this is my preferred 
segment for JR, right? And I love him in this role of the backstage sit down, serious, like feels legit interview style. I thought Deeb added even more depth to her character, showed some great intensity. She just has a problem with Hikaru Shida, right? And she's just hung up on Shida, and I liked it. I think little segments like this do so much to help with character development, and it's such an easy thing to do. They feel like something that would happen as part of a legitimate sporting event, right? And I really like that. And I know I say it all the time, man. I was so wrong on Serena Deeb. Like, when she came, I thought she was just kind of generic, kind of overrated in the ring, not a lot of personality. She is fantastic, and I'd be totally fine with her getting an extended title run at some point. She's awesome. I thought this segment was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, I forgot to mention she said she went to Tony Khan to man a match against Sheeta next week. Right. Sheeta will not walk out on her own. Nice. Um, but uh, I thought it was a great promo from Deeb. Some good lines would make sense from her point of view. Um, I'm happy they're having another match next week. Kind of disappointed there's no stipulation yeah, added. I, yeah, I they could have like done something. I need that at this point. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they are, this is back to their standards. Because is this match four or five? Four? four? Four, yeah. So maybe match five then, which feels like kind of the typical thing. But Yeah, they should have like, just I, made it a best of five I or best like of should've. seven or something. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. But yeah, I like the segment a lot. Mm-hmm. Next we get the match of the century, Iron Man match, Malachi Black versus Brian Pillman Jr. Right. In a fairly short enhancement match. It was. Enhancement Iron Man match. Yes. Mm. Those exist. Because that <laughs> exists. <laughs> Imagine. That would be kind of funny. Yeah, that, that could exist. I could see that being a thing. Um, But uh, notables, there was a shoulder tackle by Black and Pillman comes back with a drop kick, which looked pretty nice, actually. Um, Roll up for two by Pillman. Then Black catches him with a roundhouse after a commercial break. And then since there wasn't many notables... Um, the finish comes with the springboard botched by Pillman, and then he gets hit with the black mass. Yeah, I don't think the finish was that was the way it was supposed to go. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to take the black mass coming off the ropes, right? But he didn't. But it was a pretty quick shift on the fly that looked okay. I mean, I thought the match was fine. It was all it really needed to be, right? Like, it just needs to be another pretty convincing win by Malachi Black on his way to whatever he's doing next. Um, and I'm hoping... I'm guessing a tag team partner. He seems to have problems with the Lucha Brothers right now. So um, he's I gonna, guess because of Pac. Because he's going to need a tag team partner, and I'm really hoping that Brody King gets here soon because he's awesome, and they would be a ridiculous partnership that I would love to see. They're so. already PWG tag team champions. I thought this match served its purpose, but it was nothing special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was an all right match, guess, um, but nothing amazing as it was pretty short. That being said, I thought the Garrison Black match was done uh, far better. But that, the bo- you're right. The botch by Pillman at the end was pretty funny. Black Masson's match was pretty nice one, to be fair, as well. But And like you said, I think it did serve a purpose. And then next we get Ruby Soho interview. Um, she's cut off by Baker and Friends, and Baker insults her about losing to Cargill. Um, so it talks about Baker can't ever win without interference and how uh, she's never beaten Riho, period. And then Baker and Friends beat her down with Riho kind of coming down, coming down as refs separate everyone. Baker walks off saying the title is hers. Yeah, I thought this was a fine little segment. I didn't have too many thoughts on it. Um, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was what just a little something to remind us that they have a feud and that there's a match coming up on Rampage, right? And then Riho and... When is that? Tonight? Riho and Britt Baker tonight, right? That is correct. Yeah, so that was just to, to further build to that. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Nothing super interesting sets up another one-off Rampage match. That's right. Um. Next week, promo from QT Marshall and the feared Aaron Solo. Um, QT, which I swear his name used to have a W on the end. 
And now it doesn't. It did. You're right. Now he's Han Solo's nephew. (laughs) Hans Olo. (laughs) Yes. Which I swear, like it did. Like that's how I spelled it it here until I saw him on Rampage. You're right. It Um, was O-W up until recently. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, QT says he trained Hook and he always showed up late, left early, called him a delinquent. He never stretched Aaron Solo. Is he implying he was stretching people? That's kind of weird. Yeah. Like like Stu Hart used to do in the dungeon. Um, Solo says, stretch me if you can, survive if I let you. <laughs> that was that was bad. But I liked QT mentioning that he helped train Hook and that Hook was kind of not lazy, but like not as dedicated or whatever, I think is what he's trying to say. So I don't know. It was fine. The kid's going to get killed by Hook anyways. So mm, yeah, well, actually, I think, yeah, Hook, good luck surviving Aaron Solo, buddy. You're freaking If screwed. he lets you. Yeah, if he lets you. <laughs> Um, the promo was meh. Still don't like QT alone. Thankful I haven't seen him in ages. Oh, yeah. They've cut way back on him since that amazing feud with Big Show. <laughs> My God. Remember that? What were you doing, AEW? That was one <laughs> of your few miss, big misses. The funny part is, like, Big Show's not wrestled at all since then. I think he had one dark match or right. something. He should not be wrestling. <laughs> He's weird. a judge. Dark match has an entirely different meaning in AEW. Yes. Um... Next, we come to our main event, which is Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Bros for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. Yay! Where nothing at all Nothing of note happened. happened. Nothing bad happened. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw that three times, man. Yep. Uh, um, some notables. There were some uh, holds and counters between Phoenix and Jungle Boy. Started, honestly, pretty good starting pair. Yeah, they made one. like an extended knuckle lock segment interesting, right? It was in they had a double knuckle lock and did all kinds of things that I haven't really seen a I lot think before. This was the nice drop kick that I was thinking of the Malachi so, Black match where um Jungle Boy was running the ropes and Phoenix hit an early nice one. Yes. Um and then Phoenix and Jungle Boy hit mirror image simultaneous like springboard arm drag to the other's partner. So right. like Phoenix is hitting into Luchasaurus and then Jungle Boy and they were doing the same thing. There was some choreography in this match that wasn't my favorite, but yeah, eh, it's a, it's a cool it. visual, I guess. It was all right. Just t- it, I don't feel like it was too intrusive, at least. No. Um, Jungle Boy's in control against both Lucha Bros, but Phoenix catches him with the rope walk kick. Love it. Looked awesome. He um, like ran across this time. Yep. Uh, hot take flurry after the commercial break by Luchasaurus, which it's still like it's not kicky enough. It More is not. Kicky. It is one of my notes as well. Like where did coming in and just hitting a thousand wicked kicks, including the tail whip, at some point, right? Yeah, and then it's the now standing just... moonsault. He when's the last time he did a standing moonsault? I'm I can't wondering remember. if he's like not healthy or something because okay? now it's it's like backed up to way more basic stuff, right? Right, and I used to like him because he was like the kicky, flippy dinosaur, and he's and doing stuff that it doesn't look like he should be doing. But now like, it's uh, like he's where doing... he's just like running and hitting his back off people in the corner. Yeah, so like and and not long ago he hit a shooting star off the ramp, right? right. Which I was like, what? So right. now it's like backed up to basic yeah, stuff. He should be more kicky. Do more kickies. Uh, Jungle Boy jumps over Luchasaurus who has Penta and a fireman's carry to him and Avalanche Destroyer. So basically like, so awesome. picture it, Jungle Boy is standing on the top turnbuckle and in front of him, um, Luchasaurus has Penta and a fireman's carry. So then he jumps over that kind of and then hits a destroyer to Phoenix and Luchasaurus slams Penta. Um, so then later on, Phoenix hits a destroyer to Luchasaurus. Like, um, what? Yes, that was cool. So too. I mean, maybe he is okay if he's taking a destroyer. I guess, yeah. Like that's just awesome. Um, uh, and Penta falls with a made in Japan, which a weird name. B don't like that name. C I'm pretty sure Impact called a fear factor, unless my memory is being weird for once. I I'm pretty sure I remember what Impact told me. And a totally named... fine with the name. B not sure why you care so much. C because I'm me. D fair point. <laughs> um, and so that hit, hit Jungle Boy for two. 
The lights mysteriously go out. Ooh, Malachi Black. Nope, nothing happened. Um, and that was happening as they lined up for the. But I think the point is he is controlling the lights, right? That was him getting involved, which I think is kind of lame. But anyways, go ahead. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting draping butterfly pile driver on the apron by Penta, followed by stomp package pile driver by the Lucha Bros for two. Um, and so Alex Everhantis sets up the timekeeper's uh, table next to the why? apron. And yeah. um, um, okay. A man's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Here's how I put it. Um, Luchasaurus hits Phoenix with a choke slam through the table from the apron, and Phoenix's left arm proceeds to bend the entirely wrong way for about three seconds. Yeah, I. So we obviously watched all of this wrestling together in the same room. So, <laughs> so bad. I don't like because we didn't know this was coming. Obviously, I well, like I did hear about it, I but didn't. I didn't know what it looked like. So I didn't, and I happened to be looking oh no, no i, I think know. i think you knew but I you did didn't know. know which arm you said no i didn't right? and i happened to in real time be focused on the correct arm and disgusted too, yeah. so then i mentioned it to you and we watched the obviously they didn't see it because they replayed this slow-mo twice right and if they had actually noticed right. the injury, yeah I don't so i think, think i missed it the first time that i saw the replay and i regret it but then in the final moments they replayed that yeah. in the finishing spot again and i decided to watch that again it was and gruesome. then on instagram i saw some guy post like a slower version of that video and i decided to watch look at that too for some reason it's and just like it's like his arm is con- it's like on it's like underneath his tricep like just bending the other way it's uh so i don't i, I don't mind gruesome somehow injuries, he didn't break it and i tend to even when there's a person at work that uh she and i she's i always show her the injuries right because she doesn't mind either and i was telling you like i think this is the worst injury to an arm i've ever seen and i watch sports my whole life <laughs> it's just so bad i've seen I, so many he leg didn't injuries even break it either but like, i i can't believe it i can't believe his arm isn't like destroyed because it was disgusting <laughs> but anyways, looked so bad. i'm glad he's you know oh going to God. recover um and i hope it's nothing major but it was just one of those freak things where i think once he hit the table he sort of turned a little bit and was at just a a bizarre angle that folded his it, arm. It is kind of weird that like he got he just got injured, but like he's never gotten injured no. by his own doing, really. It you was, know, uh, by that I mean like by because he does a lot of insane crap, and he's I don't think I've ever really seen him get super injured like no. that by his own doing. And I'm glad it was so. right at the end of the match, right? Because it didn't really affect the match. Um, other no, than, yeah, other than upsetting. I think me. it may have. <laughs> it, <laughs> That's true. It may have affected the outcome, though. I feel like maybe. possibly because maybe. Yeah, it, that could they be. They knew he right. Might be out for a bit. Called an audible right mm-hmm. there. I don't the know. The finish does seem to indicate that, in my opinion, because Jungle Boy counters a made in Japan into a victory roll to secure a surprising win for me, and Jurassic Express win the tag titles. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, because like what I'm saying is like because the the roll up win kind of feels like an an easy audible to call. It is right. Although then why would they replay that? Is the question. Yeah, I don't so know. maybe it was planned. I don't know, but it definitely seems like a finish where they could have called an audible, um, and then like, then because I feel like Jurassic Express are fine champions as well, right? So they it's are. not a terrible, um, backup option. No, uh, so I thought parts of this match were excellent, but parts of it felt a little too chaotic, and even I felt like it normally doesn't bother me, but I thought there was even less of an attempt at actually officiating this match than usual for AEW. How dare you? Um, it was an unexpected unexpected title change for me. Like I did not think it was happening Which, here. That doesn't usually catch me a lot, so I'm I'm kind of I like that. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I have no problem with that. So there were definitely some cool spots in this match along the way. I can't say there wasn't. The injury did distract me a little <laughs> bit from the finish. 
I like that Jungle Boy finally has so some bad. some gold in AEW. And honestly, it makes sense because there's plenty of heel tag teams that they can line up for a shot against these I guys, right? I feel like now I'm thinking like just the Lucha Bros reign. What a... It just... I don't think it was bad, but I feel like that feud with FTR was solid, but not as good mm-hmm. as it maybe could have been. Then they had like a few miss, like just a few defenses on Rampage against the likes of the Acclaimed and the and uh, Patern Blade. <laughs> yeah, um, I assume that it was Malachi Black messing with the lights, right? And that that's probably because Lucha Brothers are supposed to spin out of this into a feud with, I would assume, Black and Brody King. But now with Phoenix, he has to be out <gasps> at least for a little bit, right? Penta versus Malachi Black. So I'm hoping they yes. just sub in. Also, I cannot believe they had the audacity to pin Joker Penta. I would just hope they sub Joker. in Pack for Phoenix and keep that program going would be my... Because Pac's not doing anything right now, right? So you could put him in as I part of Death know. Triangle. I also like a, a, a Pack black solo feud or penta black yep. solo feud or both of them against black at the same time for some reason so i had some mixed feelings about this match but overall it was pretty enjoyable i must say yep. um i think it was a pretty great tv match i i very much enjoyed it, especially at the beginning i just felt like it was going really well yep um and have <laughs> been overshadowed a bit by the opener of the show and also someone's arm yeah. Um, and I think it all got off to a great start, kept going along pretty well. I think the finish was a little bit sudden, but it may have been influenced by events out of booking control because I don't think anyone did book or would have booked for Phoenix's arm to bend that way because that was tough to see even for a split second. I don't know why I chose to watch the replay, but I did in multiple times. You like to suffer. Yep. Uh, or just gross myself out occasionally. Um, it's a bit of a mixed bag because I feel like Lucha Bros. Reign is a little short, but I feel like Jurassic Express kind of deserved this as well. Um, good choice for champs. Sucks that Marco Stunt isn't here and Christian Cage is. Um, it may have something to do with Phoenix's injury, but I'm not sure how much that it that has to do with it. Um, but um, I'm not sure. Um, but at least it was like a surprising result. It was not an uncle yep, either. I'm okay with it. I think there is a lot of heel tag teams they could go up against, and I would like either the acclaim to win it eventually down yep. the line, or maybe even more so. Just maybe perhaps the acclaimed aren't quite ready. Um, proud and powerful go back to heels that's and what then i would like to they take the belts off of Jurassic express because their title win has been a long time coming they deserve something for mm-hmm. sure yep um but overall a very enjoyable main event in my opinion to close the show and what are your thoughts on the show as a whole kind of a tough one for me to grade sometimes some weeks it's really easy and other weeks not so much so yeah. i thought the opener was amazing i will go back and watch it at least once for sure Again, possible match of the year already. I think you'll have to because it's at the very beginning of the year. Yes, I will. I think it I, it, it definitely is at least because it's the only really amazing match of the year so far. So far. Kind of has to be a contender. Uh, then we get a throwaway Wardlow squash. Yeah. Only a decent women's match and an enjoyable but short Malachi Black match. And then a main event. And the MJF match, which wasn't really. Wasn't a match, really. A match. Um, A main event that I had mixed feelings about, but I guess I liked it at the end of the day. Segment-wise, a pretty strong show other than Jericho's performance that I didn't think was funny or entertaining in any way. The Punk MJF segment was excellent. I enjoyed the Acclaim promo. Solid Cole promo, excellent. Serena Deeb interview. So I gave the show a B plus, largely on the strength of the opener and the Punk MJF segment and the Deeb interview. So a very good show, not a top-notch A-level show, but I thought it was a good show. It wasn't a chore at all. So I gave it a B plus. What about you? Mm. Um, I think there's um some good in-ring action on some ends, but then some lulls. The opener was another great match between them. I'm struggling to decide which is objectively better. I think I may have enjoyed the first match a little more. I think that one just 
worked a little better, but I'm honestly not too sure. Um, the MJF match and the Wardlow match are both nothing in terms of injuring action, but I feel like the MJF match at least was a permanent angle and worked, whereas the Wardlow one was just the same powerbomb fest as usual, and the MJF one was probably one of the best segments on the show. The TBS tournament was pretty anticlimactic. The final was just not great. It was okay. And what Cargo's we expected, right? Not so, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cargo's just not there. Um, she's, I guess, good for her for getting that win, which was pretty expected. And the main event was a pretty fun match, in my opinion. Um, a lot of good stuff in there. And also, um, one thing that may have not been so good. And the black pillman match, I forgot to mention, was solid as well. Finish was a bit sudden, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good main event. With an actually surprising title change, which yep, doesn't come true. around a lot, I think. Other than um, Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar. Um, in terms of segments, I thought there was a solid promo from the Acclaimed. A meth package for the Cody Sammy match that also plugged Cody's dumb show. Uh, the Jericho promo was probably the worst one on the show just because it was probably one of the longest ones and just wasn't great. Um, there was another solid promo involving Undisputed Era or whatever you want to call him. Jared's interview with Serena Deeb was one of the standouts as well. And then there was the two short segments involving Ruby Soho and then QT Marshall and Solo. Um, overall, solid show with some great matches, some meh ones. So I think it evens out to a B plus. Nice. We agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move into our weekly trivia segment where Jack is going to answer some trivia questions that I have created this week. And that is what we call Off the Top of His Head. So this week, I don't know why I decided to, I was thinking NXT and how much I miss NXT and stuff like that. So we went how with... How much I hate NXT right now. Basically, can you name the NXT graduate? Okay, so I what? went through NXT graduates who have gone on to main roster. Oh, call up, okay. Yes, graduate. They graduated <laughs> and they go to the next level. So sure. I think I have 25 total. They're probably not too hard. Wait, but so then are all the release stars main roster graduates? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. They are. No, yes. Well, I don't know. They might not think so. In some cases. Uh, So this person made his main roster debut in 2016, along with his former tag team partner. In English? Correct. I was going to say I won't give you the name of the partner. What? So you just know he was in 2016? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Originally made his main roster debut in September of 2010, then returned to NXT as a color commentator until being harassed by the NXT champion Kevin Owens until he made his ring in-ring return on March 11th, wrestled his last match against Shinsuke Nakamura, and Austin then Aries? was released. No. Mm. That's punching. So 2010, last match with Shinsuke Nakamura. I think one of his major angles was he was involved with The Miz, I want to say. Was he Miz's sidekick sort of thing? If I Alex Riley? Correct. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, one of the NXT female competitors to get picked in the 2016 draft, along with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Carmella. Correct. Mm-hmm. And what a career she's had. She's still there. She's one of the more successful call-ups, right? Like, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. She really is. It really doesn't feel like that, but technically, yes. She is. I know. Um, this man invaded Raw and started to disrupt matches until June 21st. Offered full-time contracts along with the other rookies. Wait, Barrett. Retired from in-ring duty and served as a commentator on Raw. Barrett? No. Mm. Commentator on Raw. Oh, David Otunga. Correct. <laughs> Brought David into Otunga. the main roster, helping CM Punk retain his WWE championship at Survivor Series. Oh, which in, one is it? Hold on. In April, 
was traded to Raw in the process bringing the Intercontinental Championship with him. It's not. Is it someone from the Shield? Yeah. Is that information not oh, correct? Oh, 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 oh. Dean Ambrose. Correct. Why were you looking at me like I was lying to you or something? Because I thought that the Intercontinental title would have been right after the Shield, but no, because that was 2017. So it he, was right? Yeah. Because okay. I think it was, I want to say it was January 11th. I don't know if that's right, but he won the title from The Miz, and then in one of those Superstar shakeup things, he went to Raw with the title. I remember. Brought into the main roster on August 22nd, 2017 as part of a tag team. Later moved to 205 Live. I can give you another hint if you're struggling, but I'll yes. wait for you to guess. Guess first. Um, Part of a tag team, then became a cruiserweight. Became a cruiserweight champion, actually. Despite uh, not being able to wrestle. Uh, Enzo? Yes. No. What? Enzo Amore. Really? Because yeah. he was on the main roster before. He was he debuted on I know, in brought into the main roster as part of a tag team, later moved oh. to two oh five live. Listen to the questions, on, man. He said he was brought in on August twenty second. I don't know. That's what my information says. Anyways, was one of NXT male competitors who got picked in the two thousand sixteen draft Valor? along with his tag team partner. Oh. He is no longer competing. Jason Jordan. But his for why don't you just let me finish, man? Yes, Jason Jordan. Because other people listening might want to hear the full information and try to guess. You know what I mean? Made his main roster debut as the NXT champion in 2015. Later lost the title to Finn Balor. Making him officially on the main roster. Again, you could let me finish the stuff that I spend lots of time researching and typing out. Or you could just keep cutting me off, I guess. In 2014, made her main roster debut by defeating AJ Lee for the Divas Championship, although at the time, she was the NXT Women's Champion. Paige. Correct. Did you not know that? No, I know. Oh, you were just waiting? Because I told you not to interrupt me, so then you waited an extra amount of time? No. I know how your mind works. In 2015, she made her, uh, along with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, she was brought into the main oh, roster could it be? to take part in the Divas Revolution feud. I don't... Who would go with them? It's a them? mystery. Who could possibly go with They've them? They've never been associated with anyone else, those no. two. It's definitely not Sasha Banks, It right? is not Sasha Banks, yeah. or it is. Yeah. Initially on the main roster, later made his debut in NXT until he was brought again to the main roster, now a producer with WWE, unless he was released and I forgot. That's possible. So backstage now um. was main roster, then, w, then NXT, then back to main roster, now backstage. Wife is with the company still. You love his hair. Alex Shelley? No. Love his hair, meaning you don't like his hair. I was being facetious. Oh. Uh. Um. Good wrestler. Part of a tag team a lot. Uh, um, his wife is still I don't know. on the main roster. Really? Um, his wife is Canadian. Sorry, he's Canadian, isn't he? I think. Tyson Kidd. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His hair sucked. Yeah. I kind of forgot he was in NXT because that was just kind of a weird run. It was because he was a main roster guy and then he came back. Uh, Initially made her main roster debut, but later she returned to NXT and remade her main roster debut in 2016, allying herself with Team Bad. (laughs) Remember that? Um, Naomi? Emma? Emma's correct, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I remember she was... 
Yeah, Team... I don't remember, because then they, they teamed with, like, Summer Rae and other people, and I remember it was, like, Team Total Divas versus Team Bad and Blonde. It was. Yep, the, uh, that's on right. On the WrestleMania pre-show. Along with other oh, WWE rookies, he invaded Raw and started to disrupt matches, offered full-time contract along with the other rookies, now a WWE commentator. Barrett. Correct. Made his main roster debut, participating and winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Baron in Corbin. 2016. I remember that. Baron Corbin is correct. That's my first pay-per-view. I remember uh, him winning that. And the last little name, Kane. In 2010, was one of the WWE rookies that invaded Raw and started to disrupt matches along with the Nexus, was released for choking... I think three times now. Was released for choking a man with his tie as part of a segment, (laughs) and this is my own editorial adding at the end, is now the best wrestler in the world. Adam Cole. No. Uh Uh-huh. Dan O'Brien. Correct. Was one of the NXT male competitors to get picked in the 2016 draft, along with American Alpha and Finn Balor. Oh, I was going to say Finn Balor. Has since been released. Ooh. Okay. Hmm. Let me think. Hmm. A very energetic fellow. Mm, no way, Jose. Nope. Mm. Good guess. Oh, 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 Mojo Raleigh. Correct. Because a- Zack Ryder was on the main roster. That was weird because he was like kind of doing like a duality thing. Hype bros, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a dominant tag team in NXT with face paint. I threw that in for you. Oh. Who were giant disappointments oh, during their time <laughs> on the main roster. Neither member is still with the WWE. Also- the Ascension. At least on the main roster, they did improve their face paint, or Victor did at least. Maybe. She served yeah, as did, basically a valet in NXT for a tag team, but has been one of NXT's greatest successes on Alexa the main Bliss. roster with multiple title wins. Bliss. Correct. Yeah. Again, wait till I'm done, because you can't hear two people talk at once, man. Was never NXT champion in his brief run in NXT, an impressive physical and athletic talent, WWE tried pairing him up with Titus O'Neil. O'Neil, he is still on main roster WWE. Uh, Apollo Crews. Correct. Or Apollo. I don't know what they're calling him now. As with Apollo Crews, this is someone who may have been brought up to the main roster too soon, ended up chasing after the 24-7 championship, (laughs) basically became a walking, talking, dancing punchline, no longer in WWE, was briefly in Impact fairly recently. No way. Correct. Mm. This was an entire group that was brought up together. They no longer exist. Only the female member still has a contract with WWE. Correct. Avi. I was actually just watching like a thing and like she's like... You liked Sanity a bit, eh? Yeah, they were kind of interesting. I remember seeing them when they were tag team champions in that house show. I don't know why I remember, but they were defending against uh, Moss and Sabatelli. Oh my God. (laughs) Former model and pro soccer player did not know who was so bad on the main roster she was sent to full sale for seasoning before returning to the main roster, arguably no better. Mm. Recently released. Oh, Mm. Eva Marie? Correct. Soccer. I I did not know that, if that's even true. My source says it is. South African NXT star who debuted on the main roster as a party animal with a bizarre entourage. Anne Rose? Correct. South African? Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was Leo Kruger, which I thought was a cool. He was like a yeah, I remember former, seeing a bit of it. Like military guy who I think his gimmick was like he had PTSD or something. I don't know. I thought it was cool, cooler than Adam Rose. Anyways, refused. Whoa, Adam Rose is the coolest. Okay, refused to become a masked mouse 
and has made was made to languish in undercard as a consequence despite having a string of highly impressive showings and he revived the cruiserweight scene in wwe neville correct my boy my boy the son of a legendary wwe star bounced around and changed names and gimmicks several times. This is the last Chris one. Chris Axel? Correct. Mm. I was hoping you Michael wouldn't get Michael McGillicuddy? Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, he has one of the worst promos, eh, when he did, like, the the genesis of... Can't, you'd have to look it up, but he has an all-time bad promo. But anyways, that's going to bring us to the end of the trivia section. You did very well, as I expected, on that. And now we're going to get back yeah, into that was talking... That fun one. You like that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made that one this week. I didn't just steal someone else's. I had a bit of time working online from home frees up a bit more time for me to get stuff done so we're going to go back into talking about some wrestling programming and specifically that is this week's episode of nxt uk so nxt uk this week started with a sort of video hype package for the show's main event which is uh, Mako Satomura defending the NXT Women's Championship against Blair Davenport. I thought it was a good little package. I don't know. It was a. I like this simple story, right? The idea is that Davenport um, was the top gaijin in Japan, and now Satomura is in the UK as the final boss. So that's sort of setting up this feud. Did you have any thoughts? It was just a quick little intro package. I no, thought it was pretty. Sorry. Right. Yeah. We then get the opening match, which is a, it was like part of this mini tournament, right? For a shot at the NXT UK tag titles currently held by Mustache Mountain. It was what, just a four team tournament, I think it was, tournament, quote unquote. Yeah, they use the term tournament very loosely. Yep. So it's Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter taking on Symbiosis, which is Tyson T-Bone and Primate. Um, So the finish to this, I don't, I'm not going to get into too much move for move in this recap. There was a miscommunication, right, by Symbiosis. So that leads to Primate being hit by what I guess would be like a doomsday cutter. Um, and Smith and Carter pick up the win in this match in just under 10 minutes. Um, do you have any thoughts? you want me to go first? Do you want to go um, first? I thought it was pretty good. I think it was generally just an okay match. But I think um, particularly like some parts where um, Carter's hot tag was yeah, solid. it was. Um, I think um, their finisher was kind of cool. Yep. Um I think it was better than it had any right to be. Like I <laughs> yeah. think it was. It over delivered for you a bit. Yeah, it was never. It wasn't like the best match or anything, but it was solid. And personally, I only think that Carter and Smith won because per- they're not really that interesting. Right. Um. Because I think Teo Man and Rohan Raja are getting the win next week, and it's better if we have a babyface opponents. I them. agree. I feel like that's where this is going. The D Familia right is the ones being sort of featured here, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think thought... they're they'll win the whole shebang. I do too. I thought this was a pretty entertaining match, especially yeah. the the final few minutes. The pace really picked up. Um, good contrast to Styles, right? Carter and Smith are like the speed and the high flying, especially Carter flew around a bit here. And then Symbiosis are working more of like a, a brawling smash mouth style. I thought Carter and Primate specifically looked good. Uh, Carter, had, as you said, right, had a really nice flurry at one point where he was just running all over the place. Yeah, right. And then Ashton Smith, I think he's like capable to good in the ring, but I just don't find him interesting at all. And then Tyson T-Bone is just your, like, straightforward kind of brawling guy. There's a place for him for sure. I don't think he's bad, but it's definitely... I thought Primate was the one doing more of the uh, complicated wrestling moves. And then T-Bone was just kind of mauling people miss, when he had the um, chance. I feel like the Wild Boar guy would work better with Primate. Yeah, I don't know what happened to, to him. Be, yeah, they used to be a good team. 
And I agree with you. I don't think Smith and Carter have a chance of winning the finals. Seems to be set up for Familia, But I thought they looked good here, and this was a pretty strong opening match. I, like I enjoyed Teo, it. I man. That's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Then we get pretty deadly really quickly. They're backstage. They're not happy about being passed for tag team title opportunities because they didn't get their rematch, I don't think, right? They Much. lost to Mustache Mountain. Yeah, that's a thing of the past, though. So they're upset by that. Sam Gradwell walks up and basically tells them that whining about things won't get them what they want yeah, in NXT UK. Uh, what did you think of this little segment? I thought it was okay. I think it's kind of weird that this seems to be the thing that's being set up, but yeah, it's... I guess it's okay pretty deadly i think are entertaining in like a classic pro wrestling heel way but i don't love gradwell he's just kind of average and also that hair is just awful he tends to to me like he seems to just be kind of drifting from angle to angle right without ever receiving a push it's like i mean the drifter gimmick is open now they like him but not enough to really feature him he's just kind of like the heel that they and it's weird because he's interacting with or something like what like a gatekeeper of sorts not I, like i guess I don't like know. that sort of role he's just he just seems to be like quickly involved with somebody else before they get yeah elsewhere and then off to some what well, anyway. do i wish cassius ono was still on this rank when um i when since i'm watching next remember he was actually on uk for a while yeah it was really weird it was weird uh we then move to a pretty lengthy video package of Ilya dragunov starts out with him training in dresden running up some stairs and jogging along the river and running stuff stairs. that's like the it's rocky the stereotypical yep. like or like rocky. this like class yeah yeah like that he talks about how he's faced many challenges in his life and Walter. basically that his personality he's like prone to like quick emotional swings and things right he's shown that at home with his wife and his son constantine I talks just, about i don't get that name how his wife is the first person to accept him for who he is and uh, just going on about how important his family is to him and that basically then starts turning his attention to talking about Jordan Devlin, right? And that Devlin has made the mistake of thinking that Dragunov's love for his family is a weakness, but it's actually a strength or something like that. Um, it was a just a... Because Devlin had his formal video... Because it's been a few weeks. the last... Because they've had two shows that weren't actual shows, right? So they're asking a lot of me to remember. But uh, Devlin had a I cool... I want to say it was after the... So I think it was three weeks ago. Or so, like the last real show. So I think this was Dragunov's turn to have a cool promo sort of video. What did you think of it? Um, I thought I thought it was cool. Um, I think the training was just kind of... Just to have some sort of footage mm-hmm. with, the ba- with the background like narration and whatnot. Because I think you just need something. The family stuff was... I think that's that works because i think it, it does like kind of lend well to his character that they've built in that walter feud right where he just kind of like just comes off sometimes yes so i, th- I think i think it was pretty good i, I kind of prefer the devlin one still but um i think it was pretty good yeah i thought this was really cool and really well done realistic which is my favorite you get a glimpse at dragonov's real life and i love that um it helps things feel a bit more personal with dragonov and devlin because they're really trying to make Devlin just a jerk heel, right? And then Dragunov is like your fighting champion who's overcoming all kinds of obstacles obstacles in life and things and dealing with sort of his hot temper or whatever it is. So I think each man has had a cool video package now. I think it's a, a pretty good build to what could be an awesome match, right? Like the payoff with this match could be amazing. We then get a quick recap of A-Kid beating Nathan Frazier which earned A-Kid a shot at your favorite championship, uh, the Heritage Cup, which is currently <laughs> so held by, by Noam Dar. 
So we then go backstage where Dar is watching the, I think, the replay on his phone as Shaw Samuels, his sort of sidekick, is standing by. So they're currently doing a gambling gimmick, right? So they're, Shaw Samuels has a whiteboard there, and he has odds on all the possible finishes for the match. But I think I thought it was kind of funny because all of the possible outcomes have Dar winning, right? Yeah, it's just a different variation. Right. So they the longest odds are for Dar to win the match in the fourth round. So Noem Dar says that's exactly what he'll do. So I think the idea here is that they're fixing, trying to fix this match, right? How that, would they fix it? Because Noem Dar is so overconfident. He thinks he can beat a kid however he wants. So if they're taking uh-huh. the longest odds, which I think it was 11 to 1 on the board. So the idea is they bet a lot of money on that. And then Dar makes sure that's what happens, right? So that they win. Because he's the... He's Are the they co- allowed to bet on their own bets? You wouldn't be able to um, in real life, no. But this is not real life. So I... Well, Dar wouldn't be able to. Shaw Samuels might be... Actually, no, but isn't Shaw can. Samuels running the bet? Yeah, but he's setting the odds and stuff. But I don't, I don't know how it works. But anyways, that's the idea is that they're going to bet on the longest odds to make a lot of money and then dar will just win in whatever fashion he needs to what did you think of this little segment um i thought it was all right i think it's kind of interesting it maybe makes the heritage cup thing a little more interesting i think the heritage cup should still just been a tournament i like that they're trying to do something different by having a cup but it is kind of silly when they're lugging it around a little bit yeah i just think championship belts just that's just what works i don't like if it ain't broke don't fix it right i really like noam dar as a performer and samuels has kind of grown on me as his sidekick to be honest yeah it's kind of amusing sometimes the backstage gambling angle is simple somewhat realistic so i'm fine with it and the match between dar and a kid will probably be although really good. it has to be said i think duke's poker room was better so. for sure and actually i'm starting to come around on the format of the heritage cup matches i don't mind it i it's still don't different. think it's the best but i agree I, I don't like hate it i think it just opens up the ability for them to tell some different stories because you do get saved by the bell in the mat in the match right you can have that's true um so i don't know i'm i'm starting to come around a little bit we then get a brief d familia promo basically all i made note of is they're looking to win the tag team championships and come out of this tournament right yeah um, that's pretty much all and I that's all it up. was they're they're a cool group i quite like them i i like him a lot but i don't know why charlie dempsey right is really in it that does group. seem odd right i don't really mind it because i think it's good but i do kind of still have to question why he's in there just for, doesn't doesn't feel like it quite fits and for whatever reason i really like their theme even though it's like a genre or is that their theme or is that do you just mean like the background music i think it's their theme and like i wouldn't ever want to listen to it in real life but as wrestling it's kind of like um i don't know if it's still called that but dubstep that um what's their faces had in nxt murphy and Blake and Murphy. Oh, had oh yeah, I love theme, Murphy's theme. I right? probably wouldn't listen to that, but like, I don't mind listening to wrestling themes sometimes because sometimes they're good. But I definitely like their theme. And then we get a match between Myla Grace, never heard of her, and Zaya Brookside. Don't like her. Um, me either. Brookside wins after a kick to the spine and a backstabber where she uses her feet instead of her knees. Is what I I don't know. I think it looked kind of cool, but that's just not a finisher at the end of the day. Right. What did you think of the match? It wasn't very long. I thought it was okay. I think the jobber got too much. I think it lasted too long. I and Zaya Brockside's okay, but a I don't love her heel stick. B I don't think it works. C I think she's just average in the ring. And like again, I think she looked a little too weak, considering like I don't know. Maybe that's part of it because she's just a whiny heel. But she is definitely. I, I just don't love it. Yeah, I didn't think it was very good either. I don't see much in Brookside. I don't. I didn't think either woman's offense looked particularly believable or impactful, right? Like the stuff doesn't really look like it's 
hurting. And Zaya feels like she just has to try too hard to get these heal tactics out because there's very little about her that naturally. She looks like UK Bailey. Yeah, exactly. So this this heal role she's Bailey doing did go heal, but Bailey like changed a lot. I think right. Yeah, this so... heal isn't working for me with Zaya brookside at this point it seems really forced i just can't get behind her for whatever reason i just don't find her interesting i don't find her very good in the ring i don't find her heel character believable so not a big fan of Zaya brookside we then get clips of a kid winning the heritage cup originally in uh, november of 2020 and basically he's preparing for his latest shot at getting that trophy back uh straight into another quick promo with the odd couple dave mastiff and jack stars so they're they're in the other half of the tournament, right? Where they're yep, going to be facing Tailman and right and uh, the other guy. We always forget his name. Rohan Raja. There you go. So yes, they're going to be taking on D Familia in the tag title uh, contenders tournament, and tournament. it's just it's just this like actually they're kind of growing on me too because Mastiff is this humongous man and Jack's... I do like Mastiff, but I don't I didn't love this because I feel like it was just a little much and um, Jack Stars just. He's such a jobber. Just that's exactly the problem. I is can't he spent so that. much time being a jobber and he, enhancement? He was literally the gatekeeper. Or yes. whatever. So now they're and I appreciate them trying to elevate him, and maybe it'll work. But um, I do kind of like the pairing of of Mastiff and Stars. So I'll I'll give it a chance. I yeah, I feel like they could have done better if they wanted a odd couple tag team, maybe Mastiff and someone else. Right. Um, then they recap last month's video package for Amal, which I really liked at the time. And it shifts to her quickly arriving at the UK Performance Center. She's interrupted by several people here, two of which I had no idea who they were and had to look up. Wasn't the first one Ginny? No, the first one was Angel Hayes. What? I had to look it up. Because remember, she's like, I saw your video and oh, I just wanted to let that you... that person. I just wanted to let you know how inspirational... I think it was the dark-haired person, right? Yeah. Then Ginny shows up to interrupt. She sort of mocks Amal, basically suggesting that only like, those type of people care about your story or would be inspired like she's above it somehow right because that's she's the snobby heel sort of thing jenny the fashionista then, or something jenny then leaves that her? yeah i think so and stevie turner who i also had to look stevie up stevie turner she agrees sort her of her name's stevie yes <laughs> so she agrees with uh so hey one of my favorite tv characters is a female named stevie that's funny um so she kind of agrees with jenny and then that's enough to just snap them all. She only wants a couple people interrupting her and bothering her. So <laughs> she kind of attacks this Stevie Turner a little bit. Uh, what did you think of this? Um, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I thought the first person was kind of lame. I don't love Ginny. And I don't know why you would be named Stevie. I like the Amal package from a month ago. Yeah. Uh, Ginny's a good heel character. I don't love her in the ring, but I think she does a good job as a heel. So I thought this was a fine short segment. Basically, I guess they're setting up a match for Amal. I imagine she'll take out Stevie Turner on her way to getting a match against Ginny. So at least they're sort of setting things up for Amal to do. Mm -hmm. We then get a Walter promo that you kind of talked about a little bit in the news, I think, right? So he's requested one final match and he'll face Nathan Fraser next week. He says he's dominated since his arrival and the mat is sacred to him. He refers to his record title reign and all he's done for the sport. In his last match, for now, he says, he'll take on Fraser uh, who he calls the future of the business, but he's not impressed with Fraser since, like everyone else, he's in this for himself and is taking the piss out of the wrestling business, like making a mockery of it. It's like a British phrase, I believe. He will defeat Nathan Fraser because for him, the mat is sacred. Thoughts? 
Um, I I enjoyed this. I think it was a very it was a very Walter promo, but I, I like that. Um, I find it kind of odd that he's leaving because I don't see what else he's gonna do. I don't think he'll want to stick around in NXT now. But I have concerns. Yeah. I yes, that I do too. Um, but I think it's a good promo. I think Fraser's an odd last opponent for him, but could create a good Styles clash. Absolutely. I thought same thing. Like Walter's promo style, right? It's this idea that. He's just um, a ring general and a professional wrestler and all of these other guys that are doing this high flying and adding flourish and trying to be entertaining. He's got no time for that. It's about just crushing people as efficiently as possible, right? And winning matches. So I think that's really cool. His promo was good. Um, and it sounds like he's going to be staying in North America for a while, which is what makes me nervous, right? Because I... There's nowhere for him to go that I feel like would use him right. He's a can't miss superstar, but they could screw it up, so I guess he's not can't miss. They will but you know what I up. mean. Um, can't I, miss for smart people. I just hope they treat him well because the man is amazing. So yeah, I like this little segment. And that brings us to the main event, which is Mako Satomura. She does end up retaining. She defeats Blair Davenport for the NXT Women's Championship with what I guess is like a seesaw pinfall back and forth with Mako eventually pinning Davenport. I did have a few notables from this. I thought there were some really stiff kicks from Mako um, I think Davenport's a pretty experienced wrestler and is a, just sort of like go ahead and kick me, right? Like they kind of had an agreement. There was a really nice kick to the head by Davenport from the floor um, to Mako in the ring still. And then she followed that up with what I thought was a pretty cool draping DDT to Mako from the apron to the floor commentary. I, I noticed a really trying to put over that this is the most vulnerable that Satomura has looked in NXT UK, that Davenport's, you know, pushing her to the limit more than anybody else has, I guess. We then get a pretty stiff-looking slap exchange and a really nice Saito suplex by Mako. Uh, Mako then counters the Falcon Arrow from Davenport, which is her finisher, into a DDT, and then she lands her, like, um, flipping handspring kick to um, Davenport. There's a really nice running high knee by Davenport, followed by a top rope double stomp on the apron for a near fall. Mako fires up then, hits two running DVDs that are pretty nice for a near fall. And then her scorpion kick is countered with a nice knee to the face by Davenport. That earns her a near fall. Davenport then attacks Mako after the match as well. Mako wins. Davenport attacks with repeated knees to the face. She was doing um, Ibushi's move, right? Oh, yeah. Kamagoi. Repeatedly. And then she sort of picks up the title, holds it high, even though she didn't win it. And that kind of ends the show. What did you it think of this match? It also ends her chances of winning it again. It, maybe. What did you think of the match? Um, I think it was pretty solid. I think Davenport looked better here than that last yeah, it, match I saw her in. Yep. I, I'm still not a huge fan of her, but I think she's all right. Uh, Satomura looked really cool, too. Um, finish, I don't know. I would have preferred a little more decisive. I but I think it's all right. And um, the Kamigoya was okay. I really like this match. Um, both of these women worked... A, pretty physical style here i feel like this match elevated um davenport in a loss right she was presented here as like a legit threat to the point where mako and i guess that's the point right she had to win by any means necessary she couldn't just hit her finisher so she had to take the not roll up but whatever you want to call it right um she had to take that pinfall. pinfall so i thought it was a really good main event and it helped raise the profile of davenport for me like i thought she looked pretty good here and then it also adds another quality win to Mako's title reign. I don't know who's on the horizon to take this title from Mako. I can see you're getting another long run. That seems to be the move right. for UK and mostly. And she's just so dominant right now. It's hard to see that they're preparing anybody else to take it from her. But I guess we'll see. 
Uh, overall thoughts on the show in a, a quick letter grade, if you're interested. Um, okay, I'll try off of memory. Um, I think the opener was solid. I think um, it was all right. Um, I didn't love the squash or the enhancement match, I right. guess we'll say. And the main event was pretty good as well. Um, the Dragon Off segment was okay. The Noam Dar one was all right. Um, the A-Kid one was also okay. Um, I'm missing one. The Amala one yep. was fine as well. I think overall it was an okay show. Um, I think the matches were pretty strong and the segments were just okay. So I probably could put it at like a B minus. Fair enough. I-, I thought it was a pretty easy episode to watch yeah. this week. I do like that it's like just an hour though, right? So and that they definitely helps. They get a lot done in an hour, right? It yeah, seems yeah. Like. That's true. So I really like the opener and the main event. The Zaya Brookside match was sort of like a throwaway for me. I wasn't a big fan. Love the Dragonov package. None of the other segments were bad, I didn't think. So I thought this was a very good show. I liked it a bit more than you. I gave it a B plus. I thought it was just an easy to watch with two matches I enjoyed in an hour, so that gets a B plus from me. And I told you as we were watching it, it kind of reminds me of NXT. I don't know what the actual year would be, but when it was still an hour and yet to be a super indie, but they were starting to develop people who could actually wrestle, you know what I mean? It wasn't like they grabbed bodybuilders and football players and tried to turn them into wrestlers. They had other people who were wrestlers but needed more seasoning. So it kind of reminded me of that, and I, I enjoyed it this week. So that's going to bring us to the end of our NXT UK talk. We'll transition into our next segment, which is us talking about some other stuff from the week of wrestling that we call Any Other Wrestling Business. All right, so we're going to start out talking about NXT and for the first time in a long time, I'm not like letting out a sigh. You normally it's like okay time to talk about nxt so that should uh at least for the most part right <laughs> yeah and you actually watched some of this right mm-hmm. a decent chunk i briefly I think. returned you to did the fold. um I, don't, I only watched um since the opener the trios match which i was interested in yeah i'm gonna call it a trios match because that's fine suck it to them and <laughs> wow um i think i might have caught the women's three-way I know I saw the entrances because I remember chuckling at Gonzalez on a motorcycle. Right, you did. I um, remember that as well. And also Mandy Rose coming out of a helicopter with black wings on their back. Right. Um, And then also... Dark Angel. And then um, Corgi with the penny board. But I think I saw the match because I remember the finish. So. Well, and then you were like, man... I'm done with Daniel Bryanson because Cora Jade is the truth. You thought she was the best wrestler of all time? Obviously. Yeah, and then I definitely I definitely said Daniel Bryanson, right? <laughs> Daniel Bryanson. <laughs> you can't. You got, if you love him so much, you'll fix I, that. I love him so much that I can't even remember his name. Right. Or get it right. I know can't it. Get it right. Just, WWE syndrome or something? Something like that. So this show started with a video package highlighting the feuds and kind of hyping the matches that are going to take place on this show. And then we go right into the opener, which is... I thought the Trons were back. So I had like the New Year's Evil logo and whatnot, but like some of the Trons still had like the the NXT looking graphics with all the paint and stuff. Like I feel like... Right. I feel like they should have gone more with the colors of this rather than their crappy ass the Nickel- rainbow Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, so Carmelo Hayes, who is one of our favorites of the new crop, right? Um, he ended up defeating Roderick Strong in this opening match to Ooh. claim both the North American and Cruiserweight. Now, initially in the news, right? It we... was going to be the North American Cruiserweight title. But I heard it's not now. Okay, that's good. And I'm just curious, out of the, who else would you consider new crop that I would that would be like close to Hayes that, that we both like? That we both I like? Know. I don't, because I don't mind Breaker, you hate Breaker. Um, Breaker's 
Von Wagner's the, awful. Oh, Von Wagner's probably my least favorite. D'Angelo was good in that match. Um, but he's generally with Dunn, bad. But character's terrible. Who else is good? I, I, well, I mean, I Trick Williams. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even let that <laughs> you can't simmer even let the, for like. You can't even let the joke finish, right? No, not at all. No, I, I, I guess he is right because I can't. Uh, least my, I not can't, Andre can't. Chase. I mean, I don't hate him, but he's definitely I, not no. positioned to do anything. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, I really can't think. No, of me either. I'm trying to think else. of the new crop that I don't mind. Um, like I'm not oh, a big Sakura. Yeah, I like Waller. That's I don't mind good. him. That's fair. Um, yeah, Sokoa's not great. He'd be the other one. Um, Waller. I don't know. Uh, Core Jade sucks. Zion Quinn. <laughs> Zion Quinn. Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> <laughs> so many good ones. What about, um? oh, what was the um, Tian Shaw's new name? They said it on the show, but they I forget. They did. It's coming up in when, my notes. Wendy Chu. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so Hayes wins this match. Uh, I thought this was a really good Oh, my God. The match. sick kick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a my God. Oh, excellent it, it was match. a sick kick, right? Yep. Yeah. Both of these guys are really good. Uh, Roddy got to hit most of his signature offense, right? Bunch of backbreakers. Those sick, huh? The running elbows as the opponent's leaning in the ropes. He hit that. Love um, that. Awesome sick kick, as you mentioned. He even had the stronghold on briefly, right? So... And I thought Hayes looked really good, too. He's flipping out of a vertical suplex that I was kind of really impressed with um he hit a leg drop to roddy who was hanging from the ropes at one point he had a bunch of like stiff strikes and kicks that looked really good and i thought it was by far the best version of his finishing top rope leg drop like it looked actually good look for like a cruiserweight like guy who's like so he can do all this stuff i really think a top rope like axe kick leg drop is very just I thought this one looked good. Sometimes yeah. my issue is... I still don't like it. I think I agree it's the best it's looked like compared to yeah. other times. But as a move, I just don't like it. And it's one of those things that unless it's done really well, the setup, the the guy who's taking yeah. it's got to get in position, and right? I feel which like is annoying. It's an okay move already when you're using it just within your arsenal. Yeah. But when it's that's your finish, I just I don't see it. And it, it reminds me it, it reminds me of the eclipse because people went nuts for it. But so many times the person taking it stands there like a fool. That one at least looked cool though. It did. Like I, I thought that one was at least really cool looking. Some people sold it really nicely. But if so. she didn't transition to it really fast, her opponent had to look kind of dumb. Stand, like it's like they're staggered in a video game, you know, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, remember like um oh I, it was funny. I was actually playing a Hell in a Cell match yesterday as a. I made like a Joker demon Balor. Yeah. And so I was using that against uh, Rusev. And right. So I think I, I can't remember what it was. I think I like did like the, you know, like his inverted 1916. Mm -hmm. I think I did that and I put him through like the cell roof. And so I was just taunting for a bit. And then so I did like the wake up taunt. And so then I was standing there and he's just like. Yeah. Just like that. Like groggy. Yeah. Like that. Yes. Um, if I were to nitpick this, because I really liked the match, I thought some of the escapes early on weren't the tightest, looked a little sloppy, but, oh, and Carmelo Hayes almost died at one point, right? That avalanche X-Plex oh, question yeah. mark? That was really weird. Yeah, I'm not so sure what it was. Roddy had, like, I'm trying to remember, I think, like, wasn't he, like... It looked, so it my... Looked, it looked like a backwards X-Plex or something, my right? My best Cause... guess is that... Yeah, Roddy hit an avalanche X-Plex, but then I'm not sure because I think the point was Hayes was supposed to counter because Hayes went for the cover, right? So that's right. what really confused me. Yeah, but then um, 
wasn't it like was Roddy facing the crowd? Like, say they're both standing yes. on the top turnbuckle. Roddy was facing the crowd, facing right? out, so like you would on your entrance yeah, yeah. to acknowledge the yeah, crowd. Yeah, so that was like so he it was like a reverse Xbox because or it, like kind of it, or like whatever something. it was, it looked really dangerous. Yeah, right? so I forgot um, about that. But I really liked the match. I thought it was an awesome opener for this show. What did you think? It's weird because I I know both of them. I like both of them. I think both of them are good, but it's still like just surprised me a bit because I don't know. I just wasn't expecting much from nxt in general but it was good right so that just kind of probably hurt them yeah in my opinion or my, my expectation here but yeah it was pretty good i still remember that sick kick as actually being sick for it once. was sick um but i think it's generally good i think the right result too i think roddy's great and all but he's no longer undisputed so who cares and hayes is he's really really talented right and he's good on the mic <laughs> yeah so. he's, like we were just going over he's one of the only guys from the new crop who's actually worthwhile yeah i think he's actually a wrestler who came there right so the, imagine that having experience yeah in, he was an indie guy right so really liked it um then we get aj styles who is greeting nxt champion tomaso champa back in the locker room just a couple of friendly words i guess they know each other from previous whatever aj says he's going to take care of something for champa grayson waller I guess uh, they might from the indies right like maybe yeah. roh or something yep and then aj just walks off as champa is holding on to his championship so aj then heads out to the ring to talk uh just quickly he basically panders to the fans about their passion he starts to put over nxt in general um something about he regrets not starting his ww career in nxt right because he was straight to main roster yep. i from think Japan. that was kind of like a lazy kind of me too like, like yeah right oh yeah you wish you're in nxt he was like big time from the get-go and getting bigger money right every yeah second i'm, I'm, of the I'm way. sure he wished he was in nxt Maybe he wished he was in NXT when it, in like 2017, right. like when it was for match kick stuff. ass, yeah. but like not not now. now. It's like this is you're telling me if he really wished he was he wanted to be or he like he wished he was in NXT that he chose now to come here. You really think that's how this? Is well, he was work? just enhancement like, talent for Omos, so he does need <laughs> to some development apparently, right? So right. Uh, he then turns his attention to Grayson Waller, who is disrespectful oh. and doesn't know his place. Waller's music hits, he comes out, he taunts AJ over his loss to Omos. Um, Waller says AJ lost on Raw because Waller is living rent-free in his head. You know, considering WWE's tendencies towards certain superstars, I'd like to see how Waller would do against uh, Omos if he's talking on, like, considering how WWE is, I would like to see how he handles himself, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is actually from NXT, so... He is. AJ responds by saying he's never had a one-on-one match in NXT. Did but he have? Is that is that saying he's had a match before? Because not um, one, maybe I, a tag team or something. Is that I what the implication feel like is? He could have. Because remember the 2019 build Survivors? I know there were some Raw matches. I know Probably. Ricochet came back. I I want to say that AJ maybe did. I feel like he teamed with the OC. Look it but, up. AJ Styles okay. on NXT. Okay. Um. But I don't know, cause but they also said that um, next week is his in ring debut, so true. I don't know. Anyways, he, he says he's got his gear on tonight. All they needs a referee. Waller, classic heel, not on phenomenal time. We're on Grayson Waller time, so he proposes a match next week so that he can get the biggest win of his career. So they fight a little bit here, right? They scuffle. AJ stands tall to end the segment. I thought they both did a fine job. Um, decent, straightforward segment puts pretty much what should be a, another good match on next week's show which i do appreciate so i thought this was a solid little segment what about you 
Did you? I think you were still here for this, right? <clears throat> yes, because I remember Styles doing that stuff, like like them, because <laughs> he wanted to be in NXT. Yeah, obviously. Um, I don't know. I thought it, I don't remember a ton, but I thought it was okay. Um, the Styles logic was pretty shaky, though. Yeah. Um, done. Pete Dunn pre-recorded segment is next. He says that uh, Tony D'Angelo has poked the bear with the crowbar. And it's not the end, it's just the beginning. It's too late to reconsider because what's next is done ripping D'Angelo's arm out of its socket and stomping his stupid mouth shut. If D'Angelo is as bad as he says he is, he should come fight Dunn next week and finish the job he started. Can't find anything. Dunn tells D'Angelo to bring the crowbar because he's going to need it. So I told you, I don't I don't know if they announced it on this show and I missed it or what, but apparently it's a crowbar on a pole match. You might um, want to fact check that okay. too, because I might have seen somebody like making a joke about it somewhere. But, um, anyways, I, I thought this was good, right? Um, Pete Dunne is, does well with intensity, and honestly, I was su- very su- pleasantly surprised. These guys had a very good match the first time. Like Tony D'Angelo looked at least ten times better than um, he has in any of his other matches. Uh, so from WWE. From WWE.com, the Bruiser Way is looking to return the favor and dish a vicious beating of his own when the two clash in a crowbar on a pole match. There it is. Knew it. Um, so I, I imagine, which I don't love, that D'Angelo gets his win back here. Um, too bad for Dunn, but maybe he's headed to main roster with his dark match stuff. Yep, that's what I want. Caden Carter and Casey Catton oh, Zero. Yeah. I found something. Um, it. I think it's a segment, but um, the, from 2019, uh, the OC faces off with Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Rowe, and Keith Lee. Did they have a match though? That is the question. I can't. Yeah, but see I mean, maybe that, that was the reference segment. that he was there before. Oh nope, here it is. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Rowe versus OC. I told you it's the OC. Nice. I'd kind of forgotten the OC existed to be honest, <laughs> which I was happy about. So <laughs> you're um, welcome. Cat Zero and Carter are backstage, and I didn't even recognize, but you were like, "Oh, it's Amari Miller," which I think you're right. I don't. I'm very sad that I just right. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. They're talking about how much fun they had at the recent concert. I think with Briggs and Jensen is what they're talking about. But they're focused on winning the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles this year. And then Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell interrupt. They okay, comment. Looking at the clip, sorry. Oh my god, I missed full sale, man. They comment on how New Year's resolutions always fall short, and that they and not Cat and Zero and Carter will be the next tag team champions. The three baby faces want a match, but the heels need one more. And who's sitting behind them? But Tiffany Stratton is Wait. conveniently there. Sorry, who are the heels? Uh, Parada and. Are you sure? Because I I don't know. I feel like Car- I, w- I feel like Carter and Kanzara Miller were oddly acting a lot like heels. Especially- well, they're definitely not likable. I, Carter and Katanzaro. That's for I sure. thought Miller was really weird too. I'll talk about that after. But yeah. I particularly thought she was kind of odd. So Tiffany Stratton is there, but she thinks that the rest of them are gross, and I think she was on her phone with her daddy or something. Oh, daddy! All these girls are so ew. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then Mei Ying. Nope. Wendy Chu apparently. <laughs> Is there napping in her onesie and her her sleep mask um, and asks why the heels are looking at her like a ham sandwich. So that's her debut line (laughs) in WWE. Oh, the fact that Luke Gallows is on NXT once, that just is depressing. Even though it's for like one match or whatever, it's still sad. So I did not love this segment. I guess it set up a way to introduce Wendy Chu. I found it really weird. Yeah. Because like, 
I don't know. I thought Tiffany Stratton was bad. Wendy Chu was weird. I thought Mari Miller was really weird because she's like, um, if they're just talking, then Persia Prado and Indy Hart will come in who aren't great. And then, like, she just automatically sides with Karin Kanzaro. Like, they're right. just, like, best friends or all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. It just came across a little weird for me. Everything moves really fast on NXT generally. Yeah. You don't get a lot of time to digest anything, and there's not a lot of thought put into anything. We then get the match you came for mostly. MSK taking on Riddle. Or, or sorry, MSK and Riddle ended up actually defeating Imperium, right? In this uh, six-man tag match. Thankfully, at least Walter did not get pinned. No, a few notables. Walter um, held Lee against the ropes for that um, Bar- uh, Bartel-Eichner double drop kick spot they do. One on the inside, one on the outside. I don't know if you remember that. So Walter sort oh, yeah, of yeah. held Wesley in place that for that. That was cool. Yeah, I remember liking that. Yep. Riddle got one of his unique, like, lengthy offensive flurries that I've missed not being a main roster. Just, like the number of things he can string together, right? And just throw people around is is really unique. Yeah, I I forgot how great he is. I really miss him. MSK hit double suicide dives while Riddle did a, like a twisting springboard something to the floor, so hitting all three of them out on the floor at the same time. Walter hit a dropkick, then a powerbomb on Riddle for a near fall. Uh, MSK got their blockbuster neckbreaker finisher on Eichner, and then Riddle followed up with the, what's the twisting splash off the top? Uh, floating bro. That's it. I always forget the name of that. Um, Riddle was the legal man for his team, so he hits an RKO on Bartel right after that blockbuster spot for the win in 15 minutes. What did you uh, think um, of the match? Balor interfered in that. I was just, I'm I haven't muted, but I've been, I'm watching the clip from that uh, six man tag, and Balor interfered, and I was remember when he came back to NXT, but like he was still like heel heel. Cause remember yeah. he kind of shifts into like kind of a anti hero. Yes, but it was like when he was like heel heel, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I I thought I thought it was pretty good. I think Walter once again did not get the showcase that he deserved. So I feel like last time I think, and whenever he comes to the U.S. and it's not a title defense, like he defended against Dragonov and he won the title from Dunn in the U.S. Technically, but like when like um last time I think he came to the U.S. for a match that wasn't involving his title was Survivor Series and I he didn't look great there either. Right. I think he got some stuff here but i still don't think he looked like he didn't get um the good representation like i think he is in uk right? i think that's part of what, uh, so, why i'm a little afraid because of this match right like right. it was like yeah he's good and he did some walter stuff but walter's a killer also he needs to stop slimming down though he is part of slim, this eh? thing is that he does he's not very slim that's no he's lost a bunch of weight thing. i would suggest that's part of walter i thought it was a good match though um, no, I thought it generally good. I think it was really nice to see Riddle, too, because I, I, I really like him, and I don't get to see... I think also his aura a bit, if he ever had one, is kind of diminished with the whole RK Bro thing, because I feel like he's always been, like, the chill, laid-back guy, but I feel like it was always to an extent... Like, I feel like he's a little too comedic now with right. the whole RK Bro thing. Like, he's been kind of reduced to that. It, for sure, bit. And then, like, has. um, And then Orton is, like, the straight man. Yeah. Which I'm like, because... Riddle's such a killer in the ring, right? So I feel like, I don't know, like, they, that he can be more laid back, but I feel like he's a little... Because I feel like in NXT, they always did it pretty well, right? He was like, laid back, but he wasn't stupid. Right. I yes, guess, exactly. That, that's exactly difference. how Every baby face on main roster is stupid, basically. Yep. But I think, yeah, it was generally a good match. Um, And I would love Riddle versus Walter. I don't know how they can swing that, but they, yeah, me too. they have to. That's what I'm hoping we get. Yep. But yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Lots of tandem moves, action all over the place. 
and they definitely ignored tag rules here, but it doesn't bother me in AEW most of the time, and so I'm not really going to complain about it here either. It didn't bother me in this match. I like you're saying I would have liked Walter to look more dominant than he did, but WWE's just not good at that, yeah. so that's why I'm worried like we're talking about a little bit about him in North America, but a fast-paced six-man tag with a finish that I would have imagined, right? I figured MSK, w MSK wins here, uh, and then lose when the titles are Sucks on the line. Sucks that Randy Orton couldn't be here, am I right? Although now it's all about Dusty Cup, right? Is what yeah. the tag team stuff seems to be centered Which, on. So. <laughs> huh. The Dusty Cup's going to be so bad. I don't know. We'll see. MSK's in it. <laughs> yeah, Gacy's in like... it. He's okay. I think he'll be in it anyways. <laughs> they just don't have, especially now more than ever, they don't have enough tag teams. Like, no. some, they usually, I feel like most of the time, the Dusty Cup had like enough good tag teams to sustain it, yeah. right? But like... Now it's just like you got teams like Briggs and Jensen, right. and like I don't know, I'm uh, jacket time is just weird. Oh, they could be decent in the ring, they actually. can, but they're a joke. But, I don't know, there's just a lot of joke tags in here, and especially the women's Dusty Cup. Like, are you kidding me? That's just a, gonna be such a joke. Well, hopefully, what you hope is that they have to force a team together and they turn out to have some sort of chemistry. Yeah, or like connection I remember they the paired crowd. um, Black and Ricochet right. together. Um, that worked. Yeah. Um, they main rostered that way, right? Yeah. They they started on main roster that way. That's actually how they started teaming the Dusty Cup. I remember that was their farewell match against the the, the Viking Raiders. Right. Oh, I forgot to tell you. On SmackDown, Viking Raiders lost to Corbin and Moss. Obviously. <laughs> how could they ever win? Right. So Joe Gacy's with Harland talking to McKenzie about getting into the Dusty Cup tournament. Gacy says that Harland is working through some things coming to grips with what people have done to him in the past. He's made great progress. I like some specific examples, actually. He's great, made great progress in recent weeks and has shown more restraint than ever. Competing in the D Dusty Cup Tag Team Classic would bring Harlan peace, joy, and happiness. He knows they're a brand new tag team, and they don't want handouts, and they don't want to be automatically entered into the field for the tournament or for the cup, I guess, but they'd be happy to prove the tournament committee that they are a viable tag team. Gacy thanks Mackenzie for her committee? time. Sorry? There's a tournament committee? I guess. I don't cool. know. Um, she th he thanks Mackenzie for her time and walks off with Harland. Did, I, were you still watching at this point? Yeah, or? I find it funny that um, this supposed madman Harland or whatever, the thing that would make him happy is teaming with other people to win a title belt. but i think that's gacy who's using him right yeah maybe as a basically a way to get himself a vehicle to get a title right because right? yeah because he's supposed to be this like this dominant guy yeah i could see it turning because he's like the cult leader guy kind of like bray wyatt to be like this big just using him but i feel like that's also giving their creative team too much credit gacy there there's another guy for me of the new crop that i'm fine with in ring and i think he's making this really weird character that could have gone awfully I think he's doing really well with it. I think it started it. out not good. I think, yeah, he's sort of figured it out, and it's really good. I don't know how good Harlan's going to be, but I like Joe Gacy. Um, Didn't you see Harlan? Yeah, I saw him, in what, but it was like a minute, right? Oh, so I don't yeah. really know and what... Didn't have Brian Kendrick. So I don't know cares? what to say. And I like that these like excuses for Harlan's violent behavior, right? And that uh, he's actually doing a lot better. Like he threw a dude down the stairs a couple weeks ago. And well, like, wasn't that Kendrick? Yeah, he's doing yeah. a lot better though. Like he's been great <laughs> lately. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Gacy works for me so far. The camera then cuts to the cockpit of a helicopter flying over, I guess, Orlando. Um, and it's Mandy Rose. She says how this is how the champion arrives to New Year's Evil. Unless you're a Cal Gonzalez hat. It lands, she gets out, she has the title, she heads into the building as we head to commercials. So I got some pretty 
decent Ric Flair vibes off of this. I kind of like this. This is like a way to make your champion look the way she's trying to be presented, right? As just like on another level and just a big deal and super famous. So I thought it was a cool visual for this show. I don't know. Uh, Mackenzie's backstage with Electra Lopez. Ugh. <laughs> Everyone wants to know what's going on between Lopez and Zion Quinn. Sure they do. And Lopez mocks other people for caring like so much about it. That's like saying everyone cares about Index. Right. Well, I mean, people seem to like that. That was bad. She joined Legado del Fantasma because Santos Escobar knew that she's a difference maker. Family comes first, but sometimes when someone catches your eye, it makes you look at things a little differently. She's attracted right. to success and makes no <clears throat> apology. Her family, or to uh, Mackenzie, her family, or anyone... But she sees that Mackenzie's still looking for an answer. And we will get that answer next week when the winner of Santos Escobar versus Zion Quinn leaves with her. So, okay. Um, yeah, good to see that she's making her own decisions. And is this a love her or leave her match? Part this, two? I do. They, they're, this is what my... Like, there better be some sort of plan here because otherwise, like... No, I think there is a plan. I just think it's going to suck. I think what has to happen, though, right? Because they can't be doing this in 2021 where she's just like, the winner gets me. She must, she'll get involved in the finish, right? And we'll find out what she really wanted because she's going to cheat for somebody, I would assume. Right. Or, or I think it'd be funny if she tries to cheat for someone, but it goes the wrong way. And then so we think like, say she's cheating for um, uh, for Zion, right? But right. then she ends up cost, accidentally costing him the so match. So being with the guy she doesn't want to be with? Yeah, or like that yeah. she wouldn't rather be with, or like that she like ends up screwing up her stuff, or right. whatever. So I, I I could see it going like that too. Because it could be in a way. There's the feminist argument, right? Like she, she is making the choice to put herself on the line in this match. So I it's guess also, I she guess. has she has agency, but her choice is to say like whoever to, wins her gets choice me. Choice is to not have a choice. Right. So um, I think wait, there's something this, else happening. Are, are you saying we're gonna get this and a crowbar on a pole in the same yep. week? Yep. I almost want to watch a crowbar on a pole. See? I almost do, but I have to stop myself. Right. Um so next we get the NXT women's championship match. It is a triple threat where Mandy Rose ended up retaining the fighting champion. Yep. Uh so she retains by countering Cora Jade's roll-up attempt, basically just sitting down into it and getting the pinfall after about 13 minutes. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were. I didn't think this was very good. Cora Jade is really not good, and she was really involved for a lot of this match except one stretch where she was out on the floor, I think. And when she got taken out, things were a little bit better, but... Oh, she did a lot of bad stuff. She did. Like, nothing she does looks quite polished, right? Like, everything she does could use a little bit... Um, tightening up, you know what I mean? Not yeah. to be, not that I'm a wrestler and who the heck am I, but as someone who's watched a ton of it, like yep. she needs a lot more seasoning and polish and whatever you want to say. But so I guess in, Gonzalez kind of gets protected because she doesn't take the pinfall right. But I also didn't like that she got taken out by Cora Jade, right? She shoved her off the top rope to the floor or whatever. So you have this tiny 20 year old who took out the big, strong veteran Gonzalez, I guess. Um, it just felt like they wanted to work faster than they should be or are capable of, maybe. And things didn't look great to me. Uh, Gon's got her power spots in, including a double Samoan drop, which is always impressive. But, like, nothing about this match stood out to me um, other than, honestly, I laughed out loud, right, at Jade probably two or three times in this match because she just 
she's not ready for this right but um yeah the result was what i expected the title's not leaving rose's waist here and i thought this was like just okay maybe at best you mm -hmm. agree yeah it just i don't know. just jade is not good her skateboarding's probably as good as the wrestling mm -hmm. by the looks of it and similar experience level i would say <laughs> yeah and the only saving grace would be raquel but she didn't seem to be doing much i don't remember a lot of this yeah it which wasn't is probably great. telling uh then we go to a boa vignette do you remember this he's looking into the mirror right and repeatedly washing his face talking into the mirror mirror says the powers are uncontrollable he can't contain them he wants the powers to just let him face solo sokoa by himself he looks in the mirror rinses his face one last time but then sees like a reflection of himself and then another one of himself with face paint on in the mirror right beside it, right? What did mm -hmm. you think of this? Um, I don't know. I thought it was weird because we were talking about like the powers and I thought, oh, saying it was like a Jekyll and Hyde or like yeah, a, a little bit of that. Green Goblin. Right. Green Goblin. Well, That's your reference. I Jekyll and Hyde was me. You went Green Goblin. I love Green Goblin. Yes. Green Goblin's the best. It is a bit of that, but like um, on your wrestling show, I don't know. It's really weird. It is. Yeah, I don't think it really works in this kind of world. And it's different if, like, I'd, I'd have a more more of a chance to like it if Boa were awesome in the ring and be like, okay, well, he's a killer in the ring, let's see, but he's not. Like, I don't think he can do much at this point. His last match was better. I forget who it was against, but... Was it Sokoa? Might have been. He's still not very good, so I don't... This is just... It's a bit strange, right? He's been right? around since the first breakout tournament, yep, so... he has. Uh, Riddle and MSK are outside celebrating their win over Imperium. Riddle says that the journey's been incredible. It isn't goodbye forever, just for now. He leaves on his scooter, and then the Creed brothers sort of on walk up. They say the tag team division just got way more competitive while MSK was on their little vacation with Riddle. They mention the only way that MSK will get another shot at the uh, tag titles is if they can somehow win the Dusty Classic, but that's not going to happen because the Creed brothers are also going to be the in The brothers that. Creed. Right, that's correct. Um, and then they just walk away. Uh, I don't. The Creed brothers don't sound very good at this point. They're, I like them in the ring just fine. I think they've got a lot of potential. But at least they got MSK to stop being silly here, right? And be kind of serious and normal for a segment, which was very refreshing to see. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I don't know. So another, they're just announcing themselves in the tournament, I guess. Because everyone makes that decision. You just claim it. It's first come, first serve, right. probably. Wait, so then why, do, why does Gacy have to... Why do they have right. to prove themselves? Shouldn't he just go, we call the spot. We're yeah. in. Dibs. It's the dibs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why isn't that just the Trump rule in uh, in NXT? Like, tr dibs trumps all. Dibs. Dibs in the dibs in the tournament. And then you're in. Right. <laughs> just like Mandy Rose goes, who wants to touch on this? You just your dibs. She'll take on all comers somehow. She's the fightingest heel champion ever. Does not make sense to me. But Andre Chase comes to the ring next. Says that last week was indeed a teachable moment. He was in deep trouble and one of his students risked life and limb to slide in the ring and protect him from Harland. That's the kind of bond Andre Chase University has like that. between the students and faculty. Chase is so grateful that Harlan didn't follow through and throw his student off the building, uh, I think that was last week, because that would have been terrible for enrollment. So that's kind of funny, right? Not because the guy would have died, but because it would have been bad for his right. business. 
Um, for his heroics and unselfishness, he wants to recognize this student who is then, he's sort of in the crowd, right? Um, he knows it's talking about him, so he's getting all excited and jumping around. Jubilating. As Chase goes on about being so proud of him. Uh, and then this student becomes the recipient of the first ever Andre Chase University full scholarship. And uh, Chase calls him to come to the ring. But Vaughn Wagner interrupts. And, oh my god, I hated this. I forgot that that's what this was. And he says that the real star wants to say something. You mean say something? Something. <laughs> oh, no, that's he can't help it. It was so bad. He can't help Bro, it. Bro, this guy could not be more of a Jack Swagger now. I told he, you that already. Yeah, no, but he's... In size, he's in worse style. Than, he's worse than Jack Swagger. In the ring, easily. He's uglier than Jack Swagger, and he sounds worse than Jack Swagger. So he says he hears the boos and negative Sis. comments, but when he steps in the ring, all of a sudden, he's everyone's new favorite superstar, <laughs> and they all want to tune into the Von Wagner watch party to see who he's about to tune out next. That just makes me laugh so hard because that's just so wrong Chase, on so many levels. Yes, because sometimes we're like, I can really see the heel's point of view. No. Not no, that's just so, not at all. That's so wrong in every possible way. Uh, Chase tells Von Wagner to relax as this is what teachable moments are all about. So <laughs> Wagner, of course, attacks Chase right away and takes him out, grabs the student, I don't think we got a name, did we? Drags him over to the barricade onto the floor, and then he sort of goes to grab another fan out of the stands, but security get there first and sort of send him to the back. Uh, what was the point of that? He's Wagner's still really awful at speaking. Oh my god, it was like one of the worst promos I've ever seen. That has to be up there for me with like that initial Shotzi Blackheart video back. Oh, remember with, with that? That was like the worst because I remember that was um like was I think bad. it was in like um I think it was before we started the podcast. It was um just before I think it was I think because Dynamite was on right and NXT was still the same night. It was yeah. just before the podcast. So I remember I wasn't like really watching NXT. Um and I remember you showed me that and it was just like the worst thing bad. ever. It was so bad. And th to this day that's what started my hatred for Shotzi Blackheart, but that th this was like that for me because that it was a really bad promo. It yeah, he's it feels like they're trying to give him like the Brock Lesnar treatment, like he's just gonna come down and kill people, but it's not working, right? Also, um, I hate that he still has that theme. It's really bad, and I his beard know just what it is. makes him look worse. He's big, strong, and boring, right? But they're gonna keep using him because he's big and strong. The first two things are what they care about. <laughs> The announcers apologize to the fans and are disgusted at what they saw from Von Wagner. I'm also disgusted. We're then shown security are escorting him uh, through backstage and out of the building. They go through the trainer's room on their way to take him out, and Wagner has some words with Diamond Mine as Roderick Strong's getting some treatment on the trainer's table. Um, I don't know. So I guess this means that's who Roddy gets to lose to oh, next. That's what come I come on. That's all I took out of this. That's can you tell me, are Diamond Mine baby faces? I, I can't tell. No. From week to week, I'm not sure. They're... So Creed's come off his heels, but not Roderick Strong. That's because Roddy's just Roddy. So then my question is, is this just next level wrestling and it's a faction made up of heels and faces? Something No, that, I just think it's Something heels new and, and they, progressive? They're not very good at booking and Roddy's just not very heely sometimes. Could be. Uh, I think it's just Roddy's fault. Uh, we get a new vignette from Cameron Grimes. Sorry, Roddy. He talks about how 2021 was a big year. We Not see highlights. We see highlights of his storylines and feuds and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was full of the highest highs and the lowest lows. Talks about working with Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase, mm -hmm. but that was Ted's legacy. Now he wants to create his own. He's taking 2022 to the moon. 
says maybe he should stop chasing green and start chasing gold this year. I thought he was going to start say start chasing women. <laughs> so I like this because it sounds to me like this is him going, I'm dialing back the comedy stuff and I'm going a little more serious wrestler looking Ooh, for I don't know if you can do that in NXT 2.0 though. So I imagine, this is what I'm thinking, he's he's the next sort of contender for Carmelo Hayes and that's a program I'm here for, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd be fine with him being presented a little more serious because he's amazing in the ring. I miss him as the hillbilly or the kind of hillbilly heel before yes. he became a millionaire. I'm I'll be honest. I think the the millionaire thing started out really nice. Yeah. When you still heal and it was funny at first. Yeah, and I I I he's not a bad babyface. He's still he's turned he out can do pretty anything. good, but. I really miss him as a heel, if, if I'm being you, honest. If you write Cameron Grimes something good, he will perform the hell out of it. Right. But you've got to give him something good. Like right. He's going to do the most he can with anything, but if you're giving him crap, he can only do so yeah, much, right? Yeah, I, I miss him as a heel, though, to be honest, but I, I still think he's a good baby face for them to yep. have. Uh, we then get the main event, which, as everybody expected, oh. I think Braun Breaker, in fact, defeats Tom- Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship is it just me or like Champa have a he had a really black reign? Like it I don't know, it just, been great. It just feels like he was given the title because they had to give it to yes, him. Yes, and then and then there was nobody else really to take it. They so they didn't put on Braun Breaker because that was too soon. I right. still think they shouldn't shouldn't have, but I thought at you, least they waited longer. You didn't see this match, right? I don't think. No. It was a. I thought it was a good physical like back and forth uh, match. Yeah, Champa was bleeding. Breaker showcased more athleticism than in some other matches. I think he did a standing moonsault in this one. Um, looked far more experienced and polished than most of the new crop in NXT. Champa's counter of Breaker's finisher into the Willow's Bell at one point looked really cool. Um, Champa was super intense in this, obviously. Breaker had an Alabama slam to Champa through the announce table that looked good. Um, the first Gorilla Press, press Power Slam, which is uh, Breaker's finisher, it was sort of nullified by Champa grabbing the ropes, and Barrett did a good job to suggest like it was like a rookie mistake by Breaker. You know what I mean? Oh, he's going for his move too close to the ropes, and Champa's gonna. So I I like that story they were telling, that he was basically one mistake away, right, from either winning or losing kind of thing. Uh, Breaker right. kicked out of the fairy tale ending, which was pretty nuts, despite having taken like three or four running knees to the head before the fairy tale ending. He still kicked out, so they're obviously trying to book this kid super strong um so breaker hits his second rope bulldog slips off the ropes uh oh sorry that he did slip off the ropes for in his previous match but not here he he has a moment of hesitation as he sort of goes up the ropes then he locks locks in the steiner recliner and champa actually has to tap out after 15 minutes um so i thought this was a really good match a great main event by nxt 2.0 standards for sure I mean, I, I don't love the title on Breaker, but I get it. I know what they're doing. He is much further along in development than pretty much all of the others. So his push makes sense to me. If you're really going with youth and you're really trying to get them experienced, this is the guy you put the belt on right now. No doubt about that, I don't think. Champa was great here too. Uh, he did a lot to make Breaker look good, I think. I don't. I personally don't think Breaker's going to be around that long in NXT. I'm sort of hearing rumblings that they plan on either either you move up quickly or you're gone. Like, there's no more of this. You're going to get years and years at NXT. It's kind of like... I don't know. I feel like at least a year is good because I feel like sometimes people move up too quick. I'm hearing it's more like they want to make a quick decision on you, and if not, then you'll either be gone sort of thing. Either main roster or gone. 
sometimes you can do that, but sometimes it's really not smart because we've seen guys like yeah. your tongue, but in um, oh, off tons of head, like Apollo Crews, right. he was up way too soon. Like, um, there's just like I feel like that's not smart. I feel like you kind of have to go on a case to case basis because, right. like, for someone like Breaker, I don't love him, but like he would survive on the main roster right now at least right but give him a little more time he might be a top guy and like if you're gonna like say you go right now you take tony d'angelo right like yep. you don't you're not gonna want him right now like you can't just like wait like two months and then make your decision you no. kind of have to give them time but i think i see what they're saying because like someone like champa has spent years in nxt right yep. like Eric gargano and cole before they left but like I feel like at least a year is a reasonable amount of time it is, to be in development. But I just, I just picture Vince sitting there going, "I don't think he's a patient man, right? Look at this guy, and he just had a very good match. What more do we need to know, right? Like I could for sure see Vince being that yeah, guy. Yeah, look sorry. at him. He he probably won't be reasonable, right? Exactly. You're sort of coming from it would make sense, but you just got to see Vince going. This guy looks like money, and no, he just I had a good match, that. right? He, he, so Braun Breaker's a Vince guy. Um, overall, easily the best episode of NXT 2.0. Three of the four matches on this show I thought were quite good. Only the women's match was a chore to watch for me this week. The other three, I would say, were good matches to, like... I thought the opener was really good. I thought, actually, they were all very good matches, um, other than the women's. So, I thought Hazen Strong, obviously, really good opening match. Six-man tag was that followed that was really good. The main event was entertaining. And, like, it was a passing of the torch, right? So, as much as I don't really want it to happen... Uh, they did a good job with it, I think. Um, no coincidence, right, that the episode of NXT that only had one poor wrestler in the ring. So I would suggest, you're probably going to say Mandy Rose as well. No, but I'll she say is. she's. I'll say Mandy Rose is mediocre. Cora Jade's bad, right? So she was the only bad wrestler in a match uh, tonight. Not great. And it was by far the best episode, I thought. So none of the standard NXT 2.0, like, three-minute matches this week. It actually had real wrestlers in matches that got some time so it was a much stronger show not all the segments were great but it's easier to forgive stuff like that when there's actually good wrestling so this is the first week that this show was not painful to watch i'm really happy to say i actually thought it was got me to watch a bit right i'm torn because i'm gonna either give it i'll give it a b with a very close to a b plus this week so i'm not just here to hate on nxt no matter what i would love for it to be good right because i'm still watching it so I was quite happy with this episode of NXT 2.0. I would say I'll come back, but no. Uh, right. Last thing we were gonna we watched Rampage last night. Just really quick thoughts. Um, Cole defeated Atlas right with a lame looking finisher because I thought oh my I, I was right I guess right he did actually hurt himself. Um, Jake Atlas. So yeah, you could see Cole sort of call an audible from the Panama Sunrise right and go to this like. Right what was it just like a leg lock that looked the most basic thing ever um but i don't know i thought atlas like add him to the list of former wwe talent who look a lot better in aew I thought to he me. looked a little better i didn't really i just thought he showed... i wasn't really impressed again yeah. like i thought, I thought he, he showed fine. more fire more charisma he looked more ability even like he was presented as like a legitimate talent here um but yeah he hurt himself so i hope it's not serious i haven't really heard um yeah, I like the okay. match. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. You're not you're not a big fan of Jake Atlas, but I thought he was. Yeah, it was all right. Um, I think the right guy won. He looked big here compared to Adam Cole. Hey, Very that's big. not nice. But anyways, um, what else was good on this? Cody's in medical protocols, right? We talked about that. Re really quick. 
Tony Schiavone talk to Andrade, remember? And he basically wants to, like, he's surprised that Sting and Darby Allen are friends, right? Because he assumed Darby Allen was, like, working for Sting, was, like, his assistant or whatever. Um, and he basically, I think <laughs> he was... name your price. Right. He's offering Sting to basically buy the services of... Like it's it's kind of like Million Dollar Man and the and Virgil sort of situation almost right so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, that was funny. You got your first dose of hook. He beat Aaron Solo with the red rum in like a basically an enhancement match. What did you think? Um, I thought it was. We were just thought, talking about this on a break. Yeah, right? I thought it was alright. Like I thought it, I thought it looked pretty good, but I don't I don't think it quite matches up to the hype. Like I think for like a starter, like he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a kid with three matches. He looks. Terrific. I don't think it was up to the all this hype though. Uh, I think he's. I think the the hype's a little extreme. And and he just connects with the crowd for whatever reason. I I think for the amount of experience he had, he looks really really good. He already knows a bunch of different complex submissions. He's got throws and suplexes and just this like, don't care if I'm cool, not trying to be cool, but everyone says I'm cool kind of vibe going for him. I, I think it works. But Solo got one flurry. That was about it, right? Um. And I really like one of my side notes was that I like the way Taz handles doing commentary for his son. He puts him over to a certain degree, but it's realistic and it's not like completely over the top. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, I yeah, liked it. I like that. I feel like he could outgrow Team Taz. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he really fits the faction as well. He does. So He's a good fit for them. Um, I think he, he be fits better like than Ricky post- Starks, actually. He could be kind of like their poster child or whatever. Like, say, like if he yes. ever, if he starts doing well, like, he, see, here's a success story. And then right. Hobbs is kind of the muscle. And then Starks is that guy. That guy. Um, who talks and says things he does. in English. Yep. And then, um, I don't know, Brian Cage would be in there still. And speaking but, of Starks, he basically says um, he's defending a, the FTW title against Matt Seidel. Yeah. To prove Which a point to Dante Martin. I right? think is it's a very random match, but I was also saying like it doesn't mean anything because it's the FTW title. But at the same time, it, it looks like an appealing one. I think that's a good addition to the card just for a, yep. just for a solid match, like a guaranteed solid match. And his thing is it took martin three matches to beat side and he's gonna do it first try right i think was the idea i think he will because i think they want to at least keep so that too. title in team taz i don't like that title existing but it's a decent little build to a like a mid-card feud with starks and martin right which i think could be a good match too so um and even stark side will probably be good mm-hmm. like you're saying so i think like whatever i don't love this title being here but at least they're using it to do something i guess i don't right. know uh quick recap of the bloody match that i really liked between TJ and Ford and Bunny just sort of saying they're proud of it and they accomplished their goal of doing something people won't forget, which I would completely agree because I thought that match was pretty shockingly awesome. I watched it twice, right? I went back and watched it with you again. So, because talk about like that's the almost the definition of over delivered for me, right? Like I went in expecting to almost be laughing at it at times, but it was awesome. Uh, anyways, then Riho defeated. Ruby Soho, oh sorry, Riho and Ruby Soho defeated Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. It was a very just not, just a very just there match. Like, yeah. I, I don't really remember much from it, even though I watched it yesterday. It just didn't, nothing It was like mis- really miscommunication finish, right? Hayter, I think, hit Baker with a forearm and then Rio rolled her up was basically, but this was my complaint about this. Remember, I was talking about it with you. We are told we're getting these 90 second picture in picture commercials which we do, but then we get at least another 90 seconds or two minutes of commercials without picture-in-picture. I don't know if it's just where we're watching it. We're watching it in Canada. 
I'm streaming it from an app from a sports station that I pay for. Um, but I felt like we missed a big chunk of the match. We came back and I think the idea was that Soho was the face in peril, right? Um, that Riho was going to make the hot tag, but we didn't really see much of Soho getting dominated by Baker and Hayter. So I feel like we missed a significant chunk of the match and I found it was annoying. Like I thought the match was pretty good, um, but I thought that Riho would beat Baker here since there's no way she's taken the title tonight, right? I wouldn't say. Like Baker's defending right. tonight. Yes, so obviously. You, you figure I, Riho gets... Because the whole storyline is Baker's never beaten Riho, right? So this continues that for one more day, I guess, basically. Right. Lambert and his guys said stuff. They complained about Cody and Brandy and Scorpio thinks he should be just given the TNT title because um, he could beat Dustin or Sammy and they're going to be watching closely. I think that was about it. Um, main event. What were your thoughts on the main event where... Santana Ortiz, Kenny, or sorry, Eddie, Eddie Kingston defeated Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Um, the finish was not what I expected, right? Yeah, it was just a super kick in from... clothesline for the pin. Right. From Pride and Proud and Powerful. Uh, what did you think of the match? I thought it was all right. There were some cool bits, but I think generally it was pretty underwhelming. I, I, dis I was disappointed too. Like, I was really looking forward to this. Part of my complaint was. It started out on the outside with guys doing stuff on opposite sides of the ring, and I felt like camera work, they were struggling on where to the sort of cut to the, which the camera. The finish was very random, too. It was. Um, then we got another one of these extended commercial breaks, right, where it was not just 90 seconds, and it wasn't picture-in-picture picture for the second half. So I felt like we missed a decent part of this as well. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of brawling, right, with a couple memorable spots. So I don't think it was bad, but yeah. I didn't love it. And just... In general, I'm waiting to see what the fascination with Daniel Garcia is. Like, do I think he's good? Yes. But, like, I, I'm waiting for that breakout performance, right? I want to yeah. feel about him the way most people seem to feel. Mm -hmm. But I don't so far. I, um, I thought it was a solid show. I liked last week's way, way better. Um, I, I gave it a B- minus just quickly, like, throwing a grade on it. Did you have a thought? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was an okay episode Rampage. Nothing... Like nothing really stands out, and um, I, not, in hindsight, probably not super worth turning tuning into. Yeah, um, we don't usually. So I would say so. yeah, B minus because I don't. Yeah, I don't usually, go for a rampage. So yeah, not exactly worth the viewing. Right. All right. Well, that's gonna bring us to our final segment, right, where you're gonna update us on the world of wrestling figures, and that is called figuring it out with Jack. Um, so there's not much, but there's, um, one new series of AEW Unrivaled, nice. uh, series eight. Uh, they just put out like some images for, uh, those figures. Um, so there's the orange Cassidy, which is, it's essentially the same figure as the series three one. Looks like the same head scan, same jeans with the pockets and whatnot. But, um, I think this, this time his jacket has like a different shirt, it's best friend shirt instead of. Uh, the orange Cassie shirt. So it's just the same figure with a different jacket. And then also now he has an elbow pad instead. Ooh, that's right? worth it. Yeah. Uh, there's Chris Statlander. who's pretty nice. I think the knee brace looks really nice for some reason. Um, I think she looks pretty good. The head scan. I don't know. I, it might just be the paint, but I think the generally the head scan is pretty good. Paint's a little bit off, but I think it's pretty good. Um, Chuck Taylor also, um, his head scan looks a little odd, but I think generally it's still kind of good. And, um, so he's pretty nice. Then we got Trent, question mark, Trent. <laughs> Trent? Yeah, because not Trent Brady on this. Yet. 
Um, it's he's got hair, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty nice. Um, it goes with uh, those other ones. Then you got Jericho with like this red jacket. Um, and he's got the pain maker paint, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it's just plain black tights. Like, I don't. I wish there was. It, they picked an attire with design on the tights because just plain black tights, but then pain maker Jericho. Like, yay, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. It's all right. It's kind of cool. At least that the paintmaker's not the chase. And then there's a mox, which is black pants, but it's got like an orange mox logo. Same head scan as this mox I have here, just a little less detailed. So it's okay, but it's just, it's kind of boring. And then there's a Jericho, which is a chase variant, which has the same jacket, same plain black tights. But this time you get the screaming uh, facial expression with no paintmaker. And then it's got the baseball bat. So it's not very interesting. Probably the only like super interesting figure that says there's the, the chase variant john moxley which is the one of five thousand variant it's a oh it's number 69 that's cool doesn't the baseball um, bat have a name floyd floyd how dare you yeah <laughs> and then uh, this the chase variant mox is uh mox in trunks which nice. i think is kind of interesting cool yeah Th- that's it that's it all right well i guess that brings us to the end of this lengthy episode Yes. But uh, we still have a worst of coming at some point. We just got to have some time to sit down and get that organized and we'll bring that to you. The goal is January at some point. So keep an eye out for that. Other than that, I think nothing special this week, right? We'll be back for episode 78 for sure on Saturday. So we hope to see you back then. And until then, take care. <laughs>